It's the True Achievements Podcast. On today's show, My Darling Clementine, Walking Dead Season 2 is our Game of the Month. Boss Santos, GTA 5 wins the TA Game of the Year. Instinctively Wrong, Developers Change Achievement Requirements. App App and Away, True Achiever for Windows Phone launched. And Mount Up. We attempt last month's Red Dead Achievement Challenge. All this and more in your story-spoiling, auto-aiming, little man-carrying, True Achievements podcast. everyone to 2014 and the true achievements podcast for january uh, as always i'm your host osu blue jacket otherwise known as jay uh joining me as always we have michelle otherwise known as matrarch otherwise known as m say hello m hello and the guy you want to hear from we've got rich who is also known as true achievement happy new year happy new year how was your new year um it was better than my New Year's Day, which was possibly the worst hangover I've ever experienced <laughs> in my life. <laughs> oh my I, gosh. I didn't I didn't leave my bed on New Year's Day. Oh well, my goodness. That's terrible. I was <laughs> sick through New Year's. Yeah, I didn't leave my bed either because I was sick. Yeah, headaches, fever, it was terrible. I had yeah, the, the wife unit and I, we basically, instead of just drinking champagne, we drank mimosas like all night long because we needed nice. the orange juice. <laughs> I was thinking you were going to say we drank NyQuil all night long, because that's what I did. But um... Hey, that's fun. Do, do not knock that. that. That's a fun Thursday night. That's oh. the Tramp's drink of choice, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, well, let, let's get into the meaty business. You all don't want to hear us talking about various Im- imbibing of alcohols and being sick. You want to hear us talk about some games. Uh, so let's just go ahead and start. Uh, Michelle, why don't you tell us what you've been playing over the past month or so? Um, the last month has been just a, a renewal for me because I didn't have to play all of these games for Easy Gamer Score anymore because uh, last year's G Task had ended, and so um, I did play one. I played Toy Story Mania for the start of this year's Great True Achievement uh, Score Challenge because uh, I had borrowed it at the end of the last one and never got to play it. Um, but I've played um, a little Lego Marvel, um, which has been fun. Uh, I had. Have either of you guys played the Lego games in co-op? Like done the couch co-op nope. with them? No. Is that um, on the one? Yes, I've been playing it on the one. Ooh. Um, is it is it good? Uh, yes, yes, it is. But I, I, um, I don't. It's not good because it's on the one. I, I, I haven't played the 360 sure. version to compare it, but I'm guessing they're not very appreciable. Um, but I've been playing that a little bit, and um, they changed how the co-op was. At least I haven't played the last couple. I didn't play Lego Lord of the Rings or Batman Two. Um, but in earlier ones, it was sort of, uh, the co-op worked like most games do in, in that platforming type mold where you can't get too far apart because the screen will only send so far, but this one has yes. sort of adaptive split screen. So as you huh. get further apart, the screen will split and it's not always just a vertical or horizontal, like it'll split diagonally, it'll split, you know, whatever it needs to do Ooh. to adapt to what you can see in the environment. So you can change that. You can change it so it's static. But it's actually really cool because, you know, my buddy can go explore one end of the hub and I could be totally on the other side. 
but we don't have to make a decision to do that. We can just wander however we want to because the game splits adaptively. So that's I haven't played a lot of the game, but that was a really cool feature um, off the top. Uh, do you know if that co-op is available over live or is it only local? I believe it's only local. The... That's such a shame, isn't it? Because they're really missing a trick there. Yeah. Because playing Lego games in single player, you, you effectively have to... You play co-op yourself, right. don't you? You're, you're, you're all the time switching characters, and it can be a little bit right, tiresome. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, those games are built for two players. It's such a shame that they don't make it over enabled over live because I, I would, you know, I'd love to play that co-op. Yeah, I'm not sure why they don't. I mean, I in my head, it's always sort of it, it kind of gets that family game designation, yeah. and and so it keeps that total yeah, that's offline fair. sort of vibe to it because the concept being that you're going to sit around with. You know, in some cases, your spouse or with your kids or whatever, and sit down and actually play it together, as opposed to you know someone online. But I don't know that that's a conscious decision by the, you know, the people who developed the game. I just don't think that they've incorporated that. But look, they didn't have voices before, right? The game's not yeah, fully true. voiced now, so they've definitely been adapting as each one comes out, and they've all been you know, very, very good and and you know, a lot nice replay value and all that. It, and especially if you're not a completionist, you don't get too caught up in finding all the mini kits and all that. They're just fun, enjoyable games to mm-hmm. kill a little time with. Um, aside from that, I played Walking Dead Seasons 1 and 2. And we're actually going to discuss that a little later, right? We yep. all sat down and played Season 2. So you'd not played Season 1 before this month? Uh, no, no, I hadn't. Wow. I know. I finally played last year's Game of the Year while we were voting <laughs> for this year's Game of the Year. Uh, what did you think? I... I liked it, but the hype sort of hurt it, I think, for me. Like, I, yeah, you know, I guess all these people were like, happen. oh, it's the best thing ever, and Clementine's just the most fantastic character, and all this. And, like, I played through the game and I enjoyed it. You know, I definitely got through it, and it wasn't like someone was going to go through. I, I banged it out in like a day. But I didn't get this, you know, I, people were posting when episode five launched about how sad the ending was and how it really affected them. I bawled my eyes out. I just played the ending and went, okay. You are and a stone cold monster. I, you are I'm hard. Not, like, you are I'm, hard I'm a lady. sappy person. I get to the end of books and I'll be bawling about <laughs> it. I just think people had talked it up so much that I was prepared for it. Yeah. Like, it didn't blindside me. I knew it was coming. Like I didn't know what, exactly what had come. I managed to not be spoiled over all the years, so I, I didn't know. Um, but you know, you you get it. I was more affected by the end of episode four. The end of episode four was where I'm like, oh my god, my heart's getting torn out of my chest. The episode five, by the end of it, I'm like, I, you know, I knew this was coming. I knew you were going to have to make this decision, um, but I don't want to spoil anything. I wonder if playing it all in one day diminishes. Yeah, diminishes I, I wonder that too. It's possible because <clears throat> I, I know people will talk about that with television shows, like uh, 24 when that was airing. Yeah. Right, there was a big difference watching it where it's supposed to be real time, but you had to wait a week. Versus when you can watch on DVD and just yeah. watch all the episodes and you see some of the inconsistencies with time. Like, how did they close down that freeway to get to the airport within 10 minutes, you know? Um, <laughs> and, and you're right, there may be something to do with that. But we'll, I know we're going to talk about it more later and, and yeah. that'll... Yeah, we'll talk about the about structure. Spoilers and things like that. So we'll, we'll come back to that. I enjoyed it. I thought it was very, very good. I just, I think hearing so much about it kind of made me prepared for things where, you know, maybe my guard was up so I didn't get all you know, misty-eyed over what had happened. Um, yeah, aside from that, Peggle 1. Peggle 2 brought me back into the fold of Peggle 1. Trying to finish Peggle Knights. Um, getting close. Oh, I I'm, love I'm, those games. Yeah, I'm, I'm up to challenge 10-5, which is the million points over three levels. So I, I think, think I've done all of that. Really? I've finished Peggle Knights. Oh I think goodness. so. It says Peggle Professor is the achievement, isn't it? I think. It's Memory tenured, stage. I think. Oh, okay. Maybe I haven't done it then. 
I don't know. Um, great game. And you. So we haven't talked about Peggle 2 yet, have we? I think we recorded the previous podcast the day it came out. Oh, did we? I, I didn't even include did. Peggle 2 on my list because it's been so long. Oh, Peggle 2 is awesome, isn't it, Rich? I know. How good is it? How good is that game? I just It's so weird trying to explain the lure of Peggle to someone that's never played it. Um, well, and especially if you yeah, look just... at it and go, the Xbox One and all that processing power and I the know, graphics. It's I like, know. no, Peggle. Peggle. Like, my guy. Like, <laughs> it does feel a little bit wasted, but um, it's oh, such a so good game. Good. Isn't it? it really is. <laughs> yep, and, yeah, and other than that, highly recommend it. Ten pounds yeah, or however many bucks it's it is. Twelve dollars, well spent. Which is twelve dollars. Really good, considering we're expecting twenty dollars for everything arcade. Um, and then finally, I've been playing Fable Heroes with my GTask team for this year. Shout out to the Xbox One nuts, Dwayne and. Uh, Boots Orion and Big L and um, we've been playing that together and kind of wrapping it up and it was actually a fun game I think I bought it one of those days where it was like five bucks like a year-end deal two years ago Um, good time if you have a group you can't finish all the achievements really with the group but just fun hack and slash real simple kind of turn off your brain and get to chat about other things game so if you have it sitting on your hard drive find a couple people and, and pick it you know that's an arcade title, yeah? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's, okay. and it's um, four-player co-op online. Um, you can also play it locally. Um, my niece is actually being dived the game for me. They uh, they came over one day and, you know, it's bright and it's colorful. And, I love it when that happens. Yeah, so they're like, we're going to play this. Like, All right, that's fine. Oh. And uh, they loved it, So, and I'm having a great time with it, too. Cool. All right, uh, Rich, what have you been playing? I have been playing quite a lot on the one. Um, I picked up Call of Duty Ghosts, um, which is standard Call of Duty fare. I finished the single-player campaign this morning, uh, which was a lot of fun. Massive set pieces, usual Call of Duty dramas and uh, good variety in the missions. 20 different missions this time, which I think is a record. Um, but they're all you know quite short. Um, and every single level has an achievement um, at the end of it, but also an achievement tied to some something in the level that you can do. Oh, very um, nice. Yeah, and I it's cool because I've basically that, been yeah. playing it on easy and just flying through, um, just trying to pick up the extra achievements. But it's so much fun playing it like that. Um, obviously, it's it's much more rewarding playing it on veteran, but um, playing it on easy, you can absolutely fly through the game. Um, it's a lot of fun, and uh, there is one particular achievement that I just wanted to mention called Piece of Cake, uh, which is. Uh, an achievement that is tied to one level uh, and you have to do it on veteran. So after I'd finished the level on easy, I went back and did it on veteran to try and storm the common room without taking any damage at all. And that's a lot of fun. It's worth a hundred gamer score and it's got a ratio of 2.13. So it's not particularly difficult. Um, it took me maybe five goes to do it, but um, there's a good guide on, on the site. Um, a lot of fun. And it's worth 213 TA. So it is actually my team's highest scoring achievement of the week. Very nice. On the GTSC, yeah, which is quite cool. So I was quite proud of that one. Um, but yeah, I recommend Ghosts. It's not um, graphically stunning. Like it does, it's not, um, you don't look at it like you look at Forza and go, wow, Forza 5 is, is next gen. Uh, COD doesn't feel that way. Um, it's still pretty, but it's just not <laughs> drop dead. Um, now, among uh, the Call of Duty games, like, do you have one that's your favorite of them all? And where does Ghosts Yeah, Mo- Modern Warfare 2. Well, the normal one <laughs> one more was um was fantastic um yeah this is good actually there's um as i say there's quite a lot of variety in the in the levels so some of them are like balls out loads of action going on there's the, one of the final levels is on a um, aircraft carrier which is sinking and it's in fact there's i think there's a very similar level on battlefield 4 um with a similar <laughs> thing going on but um then there's stealthy ones where you mustn't get 
seen by anyone. Um, it's just very good. There's ones where you're in planes and you have, you're controlling huge missiles. There's a couple that are in space, which is very strange. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of scenes which, are, although I haven't seen Gravity, I've seen the trailers for it, and they look a bit Gravity-esque. Um, space station flying all around your head as stuff hits it. And it's, it's pretty smart. I recommend the game. Um, and there's a whole load of Extinction Levels, which is um, a co-op multiplayer um, sort of horde mode style thing, which I've I've played a couple of levels of, um, but I need to get back into that because there's maybe 10 achievements tied to that mode. So uh, there's, there's more life in this game yet, and that obviously excludes the normal multiplayer, which is hours and hours of fun if you want to do it, but there's no achievements tied to the normal multiplayer as usual for the Call of Duty series. Um, but yeah, I recommend it. It's, um, it's an Infinity Ward version rather than a Treyarch version. So um, normally, for me anyway, that I, I prefer their their games. Um, so I've in, I've enjoyed it a lot. Uh, what else have I been playing? Peggle 2, obviously, um, which I have one challenge left to go. So I've got 170... Actually, this is interesting. We can talk about this briefly. Uh, Peggle 2 has glitched on me slightly. Um, there are 60 levels in the game. And on each level, there are three optional challenges. So a total of 180 optional challenges. And when I popped my achievement for getting 120 optional challenges, I only had 112 of them. And I thought, that's a bit weird, because there's a tally in the corner, so you can see straight away. Um, And then there's one for getting 150 optional challenges as well. And when I popped that, I only had 142. And obviously, as you're getting to the final... So it was basically, it's registered me eight optional challenges that I haven't got um and when you get to the final there's there's the the hardest achievement in the whole game is to get all 180 optional challenges um because some of the ones at the end are really ridiculous but fortunately for me as you can now tell on ta on our game stats leaderboards for peggle 2 i only have 171 of those but i know that when i get my 172nd I'm going to pop that 180 optional achievement. So that's quite a weird glitch that's yeah. actually ben- yeah, that is benefited, glitch. benefited me. Um, so investigations team, I haven't been hacking my Xbox One. <laughs> uh, it glitched on me, I swear. I promise you. <laughs> um, but yeah, what an awesome game, Peggle 2. is. highly recommended to everybody. Uh, I played a couple of... So investigations manager, if you're listening... You need to dig into it. Uh, he's omnipotent. He will definitely be listening. He can hear everything. He can see into all your rooms. Be, beware. Uh, uh-oh. I know. He's seen things, man. <laughs> he's, he's seen, seen things. things. <laughs> he's seen things that you don't want to know about. Um, and I played a couple of Windows Phone games. Temple Run, which was free. Mm-hmm. Um, which I have... I've played it a lot, actually. Uh, it's quite a, a fun little game just to sit around and play. Um, I've got two achievements left on it, but I think one of those is glitched on me, which is to get the... Uh, weekly challenge because I've got about twenty of those and it's never oh, wow. never popped. Do you have? I have um, an issue with Temple Run and some other people have said too. Where every time I finish a run, it asks me to. Yeah, the I game. get that. It's the same. It's what the same is for everyone. That? It's, it's so annoying. Like know. it stops me. They from need playing to patch it. it. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. It's just I one just... click to press cancel, so it doesn't bother me that much. I'm at that point though, where if I click, I've got enough other stuff sitting on my phone. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna click off of this and I'm gonna go play Final Fantasy three instead. Oh, that's the other thing I've been playing. Final Fantasy three on the phone is awesome, by the way. If you're into the Final Fantasy. Oh, okay. I should, I should grab that. Um, Minesweeper I played on the phone, which is, you know... Minesweeper. Minesweeper. <laughs> uh, picked up the Windows 8 version as well, which I finished yesterday, and then I thought I'd finished it, but then 16 new achievements uh, yep. hit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. A whole ton of free DLC, basically. Um, so I'll probably have a look at those later. And um, 
I don't know whether you remember, but I was playing GTA Five when the Xbox One came out. Mm-hmm. I had a whole ton of stuff to work on on the site, um, and then obviously the excitement of having an Xbox One and a PS4 meant that GTA Five sort of fell by the wayside. And I was only about halfway through the story, so I've been back to that this week and played probably another ten percent of the game, maybe fifteen missions, and I've forgotten how much I love that game. It's so enjoyable. Oh, good. Um, it won our TA Game of the Year, and for very good reason, I think. So I'm really looking forward to going back and finishing that. This is a very fallow period for game releases, so um, <laughs> it's a good time to go and go and finish off those old games. Cool. And I think that's it. I played a bit more Forza, but um, Forza's Forza. Forza's Forza. Forza. <laughs> um, I have been playing uh, with the holidays and being sick. I, I didn't get to play a whole lot over the past couple of weeks, but I have been playing uh, quite a bit of Mark of the Ninja, which is outstanding. Uh, it's so good. Uh, I got it on sale, and I also got the special edition content, which includes developer commentary and more achievements on sale. And I am really enjoying it a lot. Um, I could probably rant and rave about it quite a bit. Uh, but it's it's really cool. As somebody who really loved the stealth game Dishonored, uh, Mark of the Ninja is really... Uh, it, it's a different vibe, but it's still... Scratching that itch of being super sneaky and like the angel of death. So I, I enjoy that for some reason. I don't know why. I just really like it. Uh, I've also been playing Walking Dead. We'll discuss that more later. And just as a warning, um, we will warn you when we start to talk about spoilers. So we will give you advanced warnings. So if you're sitting on pins and needles thinking we're going to instantly spoil The Walking Dead without warning, don't worry about that. We will warn you. Uh, and then... Popped in uh, Red Dead Redemption so we could work on our achievement challenge. That was mm-hmm. that was a fun couple of evenings. Yeah. Um, but I was actually really shocked. I got tons of stuff over the holidays. Um, there were all those really good sales going on. And then uh, I got some gifts. I got Assassin's Creed 3, uh, Batman Arkham Origins, and then Rocksmith as Christmas presents. Which, yeah. Yay, um, Rocksmith. I can't wait to hear you talk about that because I've I've played that for about five minutes at a show and I really I really want to know what it's. Like. I was really impressed by it. I have to say I want to know what it's like from someone that. Yeah, I'm going to be going back to Ohio um, next weekend because it's a holiday weekend here in the United States, and I will be bringing my neglected Epiphone Les Paul back to North Carolina with me. So I'll restring that and get started on Rocksmith probably this month or next month. So, but I also managed to pick up like Fez, uh, The Wolf Among Us when it was free. Picked up Brothers, Call of Juarez, Gunslinger, uh, and I think there's more than that that they picked up. But then just last night, uh, Amazon had Tomb Raider for 10 bucks. So I, yeah, so I picked Ooh. that up too. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to find time to play all these games before I get an Xbox One, but uh, mm. I've got plenty of good games to <laughs> keep me busy for a while, which is really exciting. So I think you'll really enjoy it. I know, it's been, I you guys have been actually. talking it up a lot. Like, it's been getting a lot of really good, um, like, after the fact. Uh, word of mouth, and I never really played much of the old Tomb Raiders, so I'm kind of looking forward to jumping into this. No, nor did I. Yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely more polished, and it's more it's taken a lot of um, a lot of hooks and a lot of ideas from the Uncharted series, which has really sort of paved the way for action adventures um, on the last gen. And yeah, I thought it was superb. I'm actually. Getting tempted to pick up the definitive edition. Oh, we talked uh, about just that to play last it again. Month. Yeah, See? we did talk about it again, and I, mm-hmm. I am getting a little bit tempted now. Yeah, they cool. did just put out some screenshots of that, and of course, you know, it looks me- yeah. amazing. And uh, one day I'll play. You know, Jay, we should both work on the campaign kind of concurrently because I've never played the campaign in Tomb Raider. I just did all the multiplayer. 
and, and cool, yeah. Let, sit down and talk about it. Maybe we can make it a backlog game of the month. Oh, that's yeah. an idea. All right. I did um, want to just say that um, we thought it was going to be full price, and um, it's not quite. Really? Yeah. What, what kind of a discount is it going to be over? Uh, I've got it at thirty-seven pounds, and Xbox One games are currently selling. Well, they're retailing it at between fifty and fifty-five, so that's oh, wow. probably oh, wow. just under. Two, well, about two thirds, two thirds full price. So that'd yeah. be probably about forty dollars here yeah. in the United States. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, that's also what I think. Uh, Halo Anniversary is going to, or not Halo Anniversary, I'm sorry, Fable, Fable Anniversary yeah. is going to cost, which... <laughs> Quite different. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty different. <laughs> However, I, I, mean, I was equally excited about both. Uh, so let's move on to some news. Um, we had some big news kind of around the end of the year, just site-specific news. Mainly it was uh, the Game of the Year season. So as per the past uh, couple of years, we let the community vote for Game of the Year and then the genre Games of the Year. And the results came out. Uh, second day of January, so we let it officially eclipse into 2014 before we uh, announced what was voted as the game of the year. And the game of the year was Grand Theft Auto V, rightfully Yay. so, amazing game. Uh, Runner-up was Bioshock Infinite. Uh, and I'll just go down the list here and, and quickly state these, and then we can uh, go into some comments and thoughts here. But uh, Bioshock Infinite also won Best Shooter. Runner-up was Battlefield Four. Best Action Adventure Game was GTA V. The runner-up was Tomb Raider. Best role-playing game was Diablo 3. The runner-up was Dead Island Riptide. Best platformer, Doritos Crash Course 2. Um, runner-up, Rayman Legends. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, best racing game, Forza Motorsport 5. Runner-up was Need for Speed Rivals on the Xbox One. Sports game was FIFA, FIFA 14. The runner-up was Shuffle Party. Best action game was Rise, Son of Rome. Runner-up was DMC Devil May Cry. Best Adventure Game, Walking Dead Season 2, which is Episode 1. And runner-up was The Wolf Among Us, also Episode 1. Best Music and Rhythm Game, Rocksmith 2014. Uh, runner-up was Just Dance 2014 on the 1. Simulation Game was A World of Keflings for Windows 8. The runner-up was Farming Simulator! Uh, best Puzzle Game, Wordament on the Android. Uh, runner-up was Peggle 2. Best Strategy Game, XCOM Enemy Within. Runner-up was Galactic Rain on the Windows Phone. Uh, card and Board Game, Magic Gathering, Deal, or uh, what, D-O-T-P, I think that's Duel of the Planewalkers, thank you. 2014, the runner-up was Telltale Games Poker Night 2. Vehicular Combat was Ace Combat Assault Horizon on the PC. The runner-up was Air Conflicts Vietnam. Best Party Game, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Special Editions, and there was no runner-up. <laughs> Unanimous. Come out uh, <laughs> best Connect game was Xbox Fitness. The runner-up was Doodle Jump for Connect. Best DLC: Tiny Tina's Assault on Drag Dragon Keep in Borderlands 2. The runner-up was Citadel in Mass Effect 3. Best Windows Phone game: Fruit Ninja 2013. Runner-up: Halo Spartan Assaults. Best Xbox Live Arcade game: Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. The runner-up was The Wolf Among Us, which I want to talk about that too. And then best Windows 8 game was A World of Keflings, with the runner-up being Halo Spartan Assault. The Achievement Specific Awards. Uh, proudest Achievement, Career Criminal in Grand Theft Auto V. Runner-up was Scavenger Hunt in Bioshock Infinite. Most Fun Achievement, A Survivor is Born in Tomb Raider. Runner-up was Old Lang Syne in Bioshock Infinite. Most Original Achievement, Kaflam in Grand Theft Auto V. Runner-up, 
Altruist Acolyte in Grand Theft Auto V, and the best achievement name, Kaflam in GTA V, <laughs> and runner-up, Be a Dick in Dead Rising 3. All right. That was an extensive list. It um, was an extensive list. Just to quickly say that um, the platforms that you read out on the genres, they're... It, they're there weren't actually platform specific, so that was all the votes for that game added up together. It's just that the page has them listed as platform specific, and they're not. So uh, it was Need for Speed Rivals was the runner up in racing across all platforms, okay. um, etc. Good deal. Um, so let's just take a minute before we kind of get into the contentious bits. Uh, game of the year was Grand Theft Auto Five. Runner up was Bioshock Infinite. As far as Xbox games go for the year, I think that's kind of a no brainer. Um, just based on critical and public reception, those seem to be the two two of the best games of the year as far as, you know, the opinions of the masses go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's too much of a surprise there. What do you guys think? No, I tend to agree. Um, GTA V was my game of the year, so I can't argue with that. Yeah, and, and Bioshock Infinite was my game of the year. Uh, so I, Yeah, I mean, I... And I will get into this a little later. I didn't play much this year. I didn't play much that came out. So I'm not surprised mm-hmm. that either of these finished one and two, I also didn't play either of them, so I, I can't say from personal experience one yeah. way or the other. Um, one thing that, because I'm a, a big role-playing game fan, that kind of jumped out to me was, and I'll, I expounded on this quite a bit, is that this year was a really down year. I don't, I mean, yeah. and there, of course, are excuses that a lot of developers were prepping for the next gen, um, so mm-hmm. they weren't putting a lot of effort into either new IPs or, or really super high-quality sequels for this year, knowing that we were getting new consoles. Um, but when the role-playing games are Diablo 3, which was amazing, that was one of my favorite games of the year, and it was definitely the best role-playing game of the year. But the runner-up was Dead Island Riptide, which was universally panned as being just kind of terrible and buggy. I, it, it really... That kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but... So let's talk about the voting system um, briefly. So yes, yes, please do, we... Rich. Previously on Game of the Year, we've we've done this genre-based voting system, and it 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 was nice to do because um, obviously you have far more awards that way. But with uh, the lack of quality games that came out this year, as Jay you wrote so well in your piece, um, it means that people end up voting for the games they've played, and because there's so many genres, correct? Then the, the, quite often they'll only have one game that they've played that's in that genre, so they'll vote for it by default. So, um, if right. you remember, if we go back to Game of the Generation, we did it slightly differently, where we just said, "Give us your top ten for the whole generation," and then we could we could um, sort of devolve the genres by looking at the overall list and then taking the top one from each genre. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I think we might look at doing for the future, um, because it means that you don't end up voting for games just because they they're the only game you played in that genre. If you just choose your top five of the year, for example. Um, you're going to choose the best. Most people have played more than five games a year. So you will choose right. the ones that you really felt were the best. Um, so I think that's something we might look to do next year, depending on how many games come out. Yeah. And, and that's really evident. Uh, the biggest point of contention, really, what was Doritos Crash Course 2 winning best platformer over Rayman Legends. And with our community, Doritos Crash Course 2 was free. So a lot of people played it, and it was probably the only game those people played in that category. Um, whereas I don't think many people who played both would say that Doritos Crash Course 2 was a superior game over Rayman Legends. I don't think Doritos Crash Course was that bad going on people's, people that I've spoken to you know, quite enjoyed it, actually. But I, yes, I understand it, what you're saying. Yeah, it wasn't a bad game, but right, Rayman Legends is a fully developed... I, I haven't played it either, but like 
Um, it's a fully developed retail title, reviewed really well. It's you know it's got a good pedigree and all that. And I think most people would look at the games objectively and say, yeah, that's the better one. But then the thinking doesn't always work because I I one of the ones that hit me was Wordament. Um, going over um, oh goodness for puzzle Peggle uh, for Peggle two, yeah. Um, now you said that's all platforms. Yeah. Were other was Wordament released on other platforms? It came out year? on free on the web and on Android. Okay. I think this year and iPhone. I think and I iPhone. Say, yeah, so that's yeah, because I played it on my iPhone. Yeah. and got achievements because, for it. And, right, so you have another situation there where you know I've played both and I love Wordament, but I'm going to pick Peggle over Wordament. But Peggle's got you know nine thousand track versus however many people. Uh, played Wordament across web and Android and, and an awful sort of lot of thing. people probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because I just clicked on Android and it's three thousand people, which isn't more than Peggle Two tracked. But if it included the web, yes, version, it did. That you know, came out this year uh, as well. So, um, as I say, I think we'll look at higher. we'll look at changing the way we do it next year, depending on how many how many games come out uh, for each genre. I think it makes sense. One thing that I thought was really interesting: um, best adventure game. We should just call that the Telltale Awards game. Really, um, but The Walking Dead beat out The Wolf Among Us, which okay, they're they're similar, similar style games. But then if you go down to the best Xbox Live Arcade game, Far Cry Three Blood Dragon won it, which I completely agree with. But the runner-up was Wolf Among Us, so Wolf Among Us lost its best adventure game, mm. but it beat The Walking Dead in best XBLA game. Interesting. I find that fascinating. Well, it means a lot of people that would have voted for. Um... A lot of people that voted for Far Cry were, were Walking Dead fans, <laughs> probably. But yeah, that's so true, vo- too. Yeah. They voted for that instead. It's really interesting. Um, I also thought it was interesting that there wasn't a lot of uh, game variety in the Achievement Awards this year. Um, yeah. I think that just goes to show the strength and the veracity. Or Yeah, that's not the right Variety? <laughs> Right, <laughs> vociferousness. That's oh, what okay. I was going to say. Um, of the people who really loved GTA Five, like it's a very vocal um, community there. When GTA Five almost sweeps the awards for achievements this year, um, really they were just like a like most fun achievement short of sweeping the awards. Well, do you think um, if GTA is released back in March and Bioshock is released more recently? I mean, do you think there's a recency bias as well? Somebody just earned that achievement, mm-hmm. so they remember going through it. Yeah, that can happen. Well, and... That can definitely happen. I'm not, I'm not sure about that, because GTA V is always going to be GTA V. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that might have hurt Bioshock is the kind of... I'm trying to think. The second, third, and fourth guessing of that game. Because it came out, and everybody really liked it. And then there was a backlash to people liking it. And then there was a backlash to the backlash. And then there was a deeper examination. And then people were nitpicking apart the multiverse and the ending. And I feel like there was a paralysis by analysis that kind of happened with Bioshock Infinite, where the further you got away from it, the more you started to look for things you didn't like, rather than enjoying it. And to its credit, Irrational does such good work, and Bioshock is such kind of a a heavy intellectual style theme and plot line that it invites those examinations. Uh, But I would say, I mean, Bioshock Infinite was probably the most discussed console game this year. Um, And and I don't know if that served it for better or worse. Mm. Um, But yeah, Rich, you mentioned, and and I, I, it's a feeling I'd had for a while, but I I wrote an op-ed about 2013 being 
kind of a down year for, for console games. And I was really pleased with the discussion that kind of happened around that on the site. But I think a lot of kind of the message I was trying to get across got lost where some people took to the comments and say, 2013 wasn't a down year. It was the year I discovered PC gaming. I'm like, well, that was my point. (laughs) My point was there wasn't a lot of good stuff on consoles. So PC games kind of rose up with these kind of smaller, very personal, um, well-thought-out titles like, you know, the Stanley Parable and Gone Home. Uh, Those are kind of the two that jumped out in Papers, Please. I feel like I really want to play all three of those games, but I don't think my laptop can run them. So Plus the power jump because between consoles that came out eight years ago and PCs right, gets absolutely. bigger every year, although obviously it's, re- it's reset again now. But that, you know, the, longer, the longer a console's been out, the more the, more the graphical um, the difference between the console games and the PC games are, and the more attractive they become to console games. Yeah, and I think it kind of shows an evolution of the industry too, how... You know, we all know that games are such a big money business and that it's very publishers look for those games that are going to make them a lot of money and possibly be sequels. And you can, in theory, keep a studio working on the same IP for years and years and years and years. And a lot of studios are full of creative people who want to try new things. So sometimes really talented people, these studios leave, form smaller studios where they can kind of do what they want and not have those expectations and can release passion projects onto a very developer-friendly platform like Steam, charge a lesser degree of money for them, let them find an audience and really kind of build up mm-hmm. build up kind of a fan base and critical respect. And I, I, I really want to see over the next five years how console publishers, how both Sony, Microsoft, and to a lesser extent Nintendo, work to court those smaller games to see if there's ways to bring them to a console audience, or if that's just not going to be a priority. Well, Microsoft has that whole idea Xbox thing that they're doing now, where the, the whole point yeah. is, you know, they got a, a lot of backlash from the independent development community when they had announced some of their plans for the one, and they, they seem to have turned it around, and, and, you know, obviously they're not going to win everyone back, but, you know, they're giving development kits, and, and they're making programs to try to bring these people more into the fold. They do all sorts of support for app building, um, that you can go on and, and play around with. So they, they are actively trying to court these, but their big money is in the big publishers. So that's still really where yeah. they're going to put the majority of their focus. Because as successful as these small games may be, they're not a Call of Duty in terms of money. They may be in terms of impact and what they mean to the people playing them. But in terms of just dollar bills, they're, they're not on the same level. Well, and I think it's really interesting that those three games I mentioned, they are not your st- your stereotypical console game. You're not shooting people. You're not running around as a space marine right. or leveling up. They're very uh, narrative-driven, personal experiences that tell uh, an odd uh, that are an interesting way to tell a story right. that is not of a video game trope. But you know, so. gaming, like all industries, is cyclical, right? So there was a yeah. period in the late '90s where Japanese role-playing games were the thing. You know, the Final Fantasy VII's of the world, and that's what everyone was going out and developing. And we saw all these smaller Japanese RPGs come out and get popular. And before that, um, street fighting games were real big. Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. And, and we saw all sorts of stuff come from that. The, the Battle Arena Toshindens and the Tekkens. And that was that was just big, big stuff, you know, starting with Street Fighter 2. The last decade or so, it's been Space Marines and, and war games and things like that. And we may be just seeing a change as people are looking for these smaller projects that sort of challenge the way that we do this Space Marine type thing. Where that's what we're going to see next, more narrative-driven games, stuff like The Walking Dead and all. It's, it's just another cycle. 
So we're just yeah. watching where it's going to go. Yeah, I think it's it. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned. I think we're in a really exciting time of change. I hope uh, because I'm as much as I do love shooters uh, and you know RPGs and stealth action games. Uh, I'm kind of wanting a little something different. So I'm hoping this new generation kind of can provide that. So. Right, and I think that's part of why we see the downturn right now too. It's it's sort of a calm before the storm. I think a lot of people are looking, you know, developers and publishers are looking and reflecting on what worked, what didn't work, what are gamers picking up on right now. Um, you know, where can costs be cut and where can those costs be moved to? Because the new generation of consoles allows all sorts of new things they can do. And I just I think that contributes to why, you know, we're not we didn't see all the cookie cutter stuff. You know, we saw some of it, the new Call of Duty, but they're, they're focusing on what's going to be the next big thing, what's going to be the killer app for this new generation in this next year. What I found really interesting is um, I was working on kind of another side project, and I got to read a press release from Activision about Black Ops 2 getting a billion dollars worth of sales in 15 days. And I think Eric Hirschberger, who is CEO of the publishing house at Activision, said that they want to be aggressive in changing what Call of Duty is while also indulging its current demographic. And I'm like, well, how do you do that? <laughs> Why would you want to? I'm like, well, I think <laughs> the reason you'd want to is, um, I was actually going to ask you this when you were discussing Call of Duty, Rich, is are you starting to feel any type of fatigue in that formula? Because I'm, I'm, no. I'm hearing, okay, <laughs> fair enough. I, I just, well, it's, I only played that game once a year, so. Okay. Uh, you know, if I was to play, if I was, to, I mean, I did play Battlefield Three, but I've no intention of picking up Battlefield Four. There used to be um, the Medal of Honor series as well that would launch mm-hmm. every year. I haven't played that for a few years, so I think if you were if you were to be buying Battlefield, Call of Duty, and Medal of Honor every year, sort of every quarter, you've got another shooter. I think that might tire you a little bit, but once a year is fine. And then, you know, it's I find it an enjoyable romp, but that's just. You know, that's my is my type of game. I I can play ten races and not be okay. bored. All right. Well, we've got quite a few more things to discuss. So, uh, 2013. Feel free to discuss in the comments uh, what you thought about the year. And uh, yeah, and let us know what you think about possibilities of changing the voting for next year. Um, whether you preferred the way we did it for Game of the Generation, and you think that could yeah. work. Um, Rich, why don't you tell us a little bit? Um, we had a big announcement that we finally have a true achievement app. True Achiever is here for Windows Phone 8. Why don't you tell us a little about it? Yeah, sure. So um, it's something I've been wanting to do for forever, really. <laughs> um, but as usual, it got put on the back burner so many times that it's just never materialized. And if you're going to do something like this, you want to do it right. It's going to go for review by the Microsoft Store. And you know you, you don't want to give them a half-hearted project. So um, some uh, Divided Pudding um, software development guys approached me around about five or six months ago with the idea to working on it. Um, so I produced a couple of APIs for them, uh, which meant they could get hold of the data easily, and they worked on the front end. And um, yeah, and then we launched it, or they launched it. It was in beta for um, probably two months on the Windows Store, so if you knew about it, you could get hold of it. But um, it's now a full release, and in fact, they just released a, a big update yesterday with a load more features. But it basically allows you to pick up your... Uh, view your TA profile, see what all your friends are playing, see all the games you've been playing. Um, give you a nice little progress bar on each game so you can see how far you are through. Um, it's just a neat little summary. It's a summary, really, of all your, your TA score and your 
the games you've been playing and the achievements you've, you've been winning and, and the achievements you've yet to win, plus the same for your friends. So uh, it's free. I recommend you download it if you've got Windows Phone. Um, yes, uh, the feedback's been generally very good, and they're still working on more features. So um, check it out. Now, I know a lot of people have been asking, so I'll just ask you, um, are you planning on bringing this over to Android and or iPhone anytime soon? I know it's a whole other mess of issues, but it's a question a lot of people have been asking. Yeah, um, I have no plans to do so at the moment, but the APIs are now written. So in theory, if someone else wanted to to do right the front end work, then we could get something going. I w- I'd like to keep some sort of control over it. I, I want final... Um, I want to give it the final okay just to make sure it's up to standard, um, which is the, the the way we worked with Divided Pudding as well. Um, but yeah, if there's anyone out there with uh, iOS development skills or Android development skills that want to write a TA app for those platforms, then get in touch, PM me on the site, and we'll have a chat about it. Um, I personally don't have the time to do it at the moment with all the other stuff we're working on, but uh, I'm more than happy to work with someone else to do that. Um, speaking of the other stuff you're working on, we have another year of the Great Two Achievement Score Challenge, which is now being hosted on site. So, um, Rich, I know you've been doing a lot of coding work, getting that ready to go. Uh, and now that the event has launched, why don't you tell us a little more about what, what's going on? Sure. So, a uh, quick summary is um, GTIC, uh, as you say, the Great True Achievement Score Challenge has been running for a few years now, but it's always run off-site. Again, it's something that we'd quite like to have done on site, but just never had the time to code it. So um, this year, I've taken the time to actually get some proper leaderboard and contest code written on the site. Um, We had a record number of people sign up for the event this year. There are 199 teams of four people, so it's nearly 800 people that are playing this year. Um, Teams of four, the way it works is um, you combine your TA score between between your team for the week, um, each contest scoring period lasts a week and then the bottom teams at the end of each scoring period are eliminated um initially it's eight teams per period that get eliminated because we've got so many teams um and the first period ends in approximately eight hours as i'm recording this now so uh yeah there's a whole host of new features you can follow teams and you'll get a little panel on your uh home page which shows the position of the teams uh how far they are above the drop whether they're in the elimination zone, they go red if they are. Um, And there'll be a lot more stats and interesting uh, functionality to come on that over the coming weeks. But um, if you're playing, um, there's a wish list post in the GTIC forums. If you've got ideas for things that you think make it more enjoyable, please post in there. And uh, good luck to everyone that's involved. It's certainly a lot of fun. It gets you playing games that you possibly might not Mm -hmm. play. Uh, It certainly (laughs) had me turning my Xbox on every single day this week trying trying to play. Um, and get and get score so uh enjoy it yeah and hopefully this is the first of many contests that we'll be able to run on the site now that the code's done so um if you want to run a contest get in touch with uh community events team manager chad and jesse um and and we'll hope to put some more on throughout this year now are you um because they know you said there's a wish list so before people jump into the wish there list is. and uh start requesting things are there things that you can tell us right now that you are working on that just aren't live yet sure yeah i can talk about a couple of things so we're going to do um team forums so each team will have their own forum um coming hopefully in the next week or two uh where you can chat about your strategy and all that sort of stuff um and we're also going to have a score breakdown um for individuals so you'll be able to see who 
individually has scored the most throughout the whole tournament so far. Um, what games have been played the most by the most people? So we can see, you, know, you can see where the easy gamer score is coming from. Uh, maybe give you some ideas of where you can get some some cheap score. Um, yeah, there's there's a ton of stuff to come, but post in the wishes forum and um, I'll check it out. Uh, another thing that we are very proud to be the first of is uh, we are the first site to bring you Xbox One achievement and challenge tracking. Uh, so, Rich, you put in a lot of time uh, getting us up to code. <laughs> uh, nice. that's, that's a funny pun. I, I'm patting <laughs> myself on the back. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, all the cool stuff TA is doing with Xbox One stat tracking and achievements and challenges? Sure. So we were, as you say, we were the first site to have um, challenge and Xbox One achievement tracking built in. And we also added some more features to that recently in the last couple of weeks. So we added achievement progress. So some achievements will have um, a progress counter. So rather than just winning them or not winning them, uh, there are certain achievements on Xbox One games where you'll be able to actually see how far you are through unlocking that achievement. Uh, I think we're the first site to bring you that. We're definitely the first site to bring you a game stats leaderboards so a lot of the xbox one games have um stats that are specific to them so for example um prestiges in call of duty ghosts pegs and peggle right yeah pegs and peggle uh, online games won in fifa um online games lost in fifa which is arguably more interesting um and if you go to a game page you'll see the stats generally there's three per game um, if you go to a game page uh, for Xbox One game, you'll see on the right-hand side um, there are probably three specific game-specific stats that you can check out. Clicking on the green arrow takes you through to the full leaderboard. If you go to the stats page for a game, you'll see those stats for just your friends. And again, clicking on the green arrow will show you the leaderboards for just your friends. Um, we've also added a site leaderboard for Challenges 1. So many of you will know about challenges. They are time-restricted achievements that are zero gamer score, but you can only get uh, during certain times. Um, we don't count them in towards completion percentages, um, but there is now a site leaderboard for a number of challenges unlocked. So um, there are rewards there. If, you, if you're if you one of those people that sees the challenges and thinks, I'd quite like to have a go at that, but there's no point because there's no gamer score, you can get yourself up the challenge leaderboard on TA. So uh, they are worth doing if you are so inclined. And yeah, I'm pretty proud of all this stuff. We are, as I say, we're the first site to do most of this stuff. So um, stick with TA for all your Xbox One stats. <laughs> Yay! Well, even just the achievements showing up, right? Like yeah, on, we, were, on we were the first. Xbox 360. You look at um, you look at the achievement list on your guide, and it just shows Xbox One in a generic like pileup. <laughs> yes. doesn't break it down so uh that's another thing where ta really brought that forward before a lot of sites started to get that information some have it now but we've been tracking it for a little while which has been awesome yeah it's um i think it's integrated pretty nicely and um everyone seems pretty happy with it so yeah i'm quite proud of all that stuff well thank you rich you did a great job <laughs> thank you you deserve a cookie i will get <laughs> myself a cookie all right uh, another thing we've started recently, uh, and this comes out of the podcast, is uh, we've started doing Achievements of the Week. So every Friday, you can come to the front page and you will see an Achievement of the Week challenge. Uh, right now, we are picking those from the top 100 games played by our community. So that's a pretty easy list you can find. 
Uh, I'll also start pulling in uh, games with gold titles to hopefully encourage people to uh, start playing those a little bit. But our, our first one, we challenged everyone to get the Cluster Luck achievement in Gears of War. Uh, unfortunately, while some people have been popping these, we haven't been popping them enough to make any type of a dent in the <laughs> ratio yet. So we'll see if we... The day that we make a dent in a ratio is the day that I will officially celebrate in the comments. <laughs> well, now, Jay, have you actually gone for any of the... Because there have yes. been three so far, right? We're on our fourth now, so have you gone for them? Um, sort of, yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think, what did I try to do? I already have the current one, which is from the Elder Scrolls uh, Five Skyrim, uh, where you need to get all the Daedric artifacts. I think before that we had... The Vidmaster Endure Challenge from Halo 3 ODST, which I did try to get, but that one, it's it's pretty rough uh, if you don't have a crew together. And then there was Mile High Club, which was our achievement of the generation. I don't actually think I own Call of Duty 4 anymore, so I couldn't even find that. And then Cluster Luck from Gears of War. I was actually so busy that week um, with a variety of holiday matters that I didn't even get a chance to try. Um, also, since I'm the one picking these right now, as of right now... It's kind of hard for me to be like, oh, I'm totally going to... I don't want to pick achievements that I specifically want to go for. So I'm trying to remove myself personally from this equation. I'm trying to find the best kind of challenge for the community. Something that is relatively accomplishable within a week. While also being something slightly obscure that not a lot of people got. So why don't you... This week's a good example, actually. Why don't you tell us what, what this week's Yeah, so is. this week's most recent challenge is uh, to get... All of the Daedric artifacts in the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Um, now, if you're familiar with Skyrim, really, you happen, if you're not like following a guide, you'll more than likely stumble across one of these uh, quest lines at some point where you're going to meet a, a Daedra who's basically like a demigod who's going to challenge you to do something evil or crazy or just odd. And if you do it right, you'll be rewarded with this artifact, which is like a ring or a mask or, or a weapon or, or something like that. Um, there are some very good guides on the site that kind of give you step-by-step -step how to find these quests. Uh, and I have to say, this is by far one of the most fun achievements in Skyrim because you're going to be Ooh. running all over the map. So if you've got a mid to high level character that's already unlocked a lot of the map, it, it should go pretty fast because you can fast travel to a point relatively close to where you need to be and then go find it. And you'll be doing just crazy stuff. And it's really fun. Um, I, I specifically remember the Wabajack uh, quest line, which is you're doing absolutely insane stuff in like a dream world. And it, it's ridiculously hilarious. So uh, I have this one. It's really so, fun. So um, I have played an hour of Skyrim. How likely is it that I have a character that's anywhere near it? Good enough to do. Um, relatively likely because um, the oh okay the so you don't need this powerful. Some you might. Um, the top solution comes from Purplicious, who did a really good job of breaking down step by step notes, and he even included level requirements. So some of these ah. will have like no level requirement, or some you'll want to have a uh, higher um, higher leveled character, but. Mm -hmm. Knowing you and how much you do not like Skyrim, you're not you're not going to do this, <laughs> yes. Rich. I don't even. I don't know. Do this. Who am I kidding? Yeah, I'm just trying to make conversation, Jay. Oh, okay. Well, it's much appreciated. Uh, so it's it's really fun. Uh, hopefully, you're all enjoying going after these achievements of the week. Uh, I'll keep posting these and seeing where they go, and hopefully, we can make a dent in one of these ratios sometime soon. 
Yeah, I'm going to add some um, functionality around this as well. So um, we will have a way to make these pop in your feed in a in a different way if you get them. And we might do some other sort of funky leaderboard stuff on number of achievements of the week unlocked and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, watch this space. Well, they're kind of like TA challenges, right? They are. They're timed they achievements. Are. That's you can a good only point. get for a certain amount. Wow, we are moving um, to the next gen. <laughs> I, you know, actually, also the the threads are really helpful for this. Actually, um, I I did try to go for indoor last week and wasn't successful. But we tried something different. We had always been doing Alpha Site, and we tried Lost Platoon instead. And I think we actually made more headway with Lost Platoon, like considering we'd only played it once, and and we were making very good progress with it. So the threads are also really good for that. Like it's awesome that you post some of the solution. But people do get in there and discuss more and, and share their tactics and all that. And it's cool always to see the community come together and say, look, I did this already, but here's how I did it. And maybe this will help yeah. someone else. Cool. So best of luck to all those undertaking the challenge of Achievement of the Week. Uh, we'll keep bringing those. I'll try and make them reasonable. So I'm never going to challenge you guys seriously. Don't worry about that. Um, but we'll try to make them <laughs> fun and relatively accomplishable. And hopefully something with a ratio that we can put a dent in. So Yay. Um, the next story on our item is Xbox is going to be getting an exclusive documentary series. And I'll be honest, I didn't even read this story when it came across the feed. And then I saw how many comments I got. So I was like, I need to read this. But evidently this documentary series dates back to the Atari version of E.T. the Extraterrestrial, mm. which is the most infamous game ever to be made. A game yep. that was so bad that it's copies of it are rumored to be buried in a landfill buried site. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. Xbox is funding this documentary about this game. They're going to excavate the landfill site and make a series about it. And it's being uh, headed by uh, Academy Award winning producer Simon Chin and Emmy winning producer Jonathan Chin uh, and Zach Penn who worked on X-Men 2 and Avengers will be directing it. So this seems really exciting. I think I'm going to watch this. What do you guys think? Mm. So it's coming this year, yeah? Uh, let me see. I, I don't think... Yeah, it said, well, it said the story was posted in December and it says it will be shown next okay, year. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, it should be interesting. So I wonder if... How, how are they going to... Do you reckon it will be a download? It must be, must I, it? It wouldn't be like stream, a live... I can see it streaming. Live, live stream. Or just stream on Xbox Live. Like, it may not be live. Just, yeah, they're going to produce it sure, and stream, sure, sure, it stream it yeah. later. Okay, sure. interesting. Maybe a new app we have to download Xbox documentary mm. or something. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely I, check I'm it out. I mean, I, I had an Atari. I've read about this forever. This story, you know, like the video gaming was considered a fad yeah. and something that would pass, just like all these other things passed in the early 1980s. And then ET happened, and it looked like everyone was right that the whole industry was just going to die. They put a lot of money into the game; it didn't sell well, and you know, that was sort of the last straw was it was all thrown into this landfill. And then thankfully Nintendo came along and the NES was hugely popular here. And so things moved forward, but people really thought about E.T. as a death knell for the industry. So it's, it, I think it's super cool that we're going to see if there's actuality to this story. Cause the story is so cool. Like it's kind of terrifying, but it's just a cool gaming story. Like, yeah, you know, they dumped everything in the landfill with the whole of the industry pretty much. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, uh, doesn't it? Right. But it, there could be truth and it, it'll be really cool to see this actually ha like, I just, this is a great way to launch this series because it really harkens to the history of all this and may get people who kind of come back into gaming more recently. It's like, Hey, I want to check this. I've heard this story before. Um, so Can you I, imagine I really if you were like 18 years old now and your only experience of gaming was like Xbox 360 and Xbox one. 
or or even younger, and then you you see this documentary about the Atari twenty six hundred, you're going to be blown away. <laughs> an image yeah. of what ET looked like. I had that game. I remember it. I remember playing it when I was a kid, and you know, like I, I can't imagine what the look like. My nieces and nephews when they see this, and I'll be like, you yeah, know, that exactly. was state of the art when I was four. It's kind of like the scene in Back <laughs> to the Future too, where Marty flies in the future playing what is it, Lone Gunman or Lone Gun, something like that in the future mm-hmm. arcade. Hogan's Alley. And, and the kid's like, that. you have no, to use your hands? Yeah. That's lame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I look forward to it. And it is that way now with Connect, right? Like, I mean, people even are like, why would I use a Wii? I actually have to have a controller. I'm just going to dance in my living room without one. So, you know, truth and fiction. But I'm, I'm excited for this documentary. I just think it's a great idea and it's a great way to do it and, and produce something that people who are gamers will be interested in actually watching. So I'm super excited for it. Yeah. Uh, on possibly the most rage-filled news of the month, uh, <laughs> Killer Instinct got patched. Uh, now, Michelle, you put on the flame-retardant, flame-proof suit right. to write this story. Why don't you tell us what they did? Well, they um, actually, it's it's a, a cool thing they did. One of the um, changes about Xbox One was it would allow um, developers more easily to change achievement requirements on the fly uh, as needed. And so um, there was a Double Helix release, this huge patch for Killer Instinct that did what most fighting game patches do. It balanced a lot of stuff, and then it fixed stuff with the store, it fixed some controller support issues, and it also changed achievement requirements. Dun-dun-dun! I know. (laughs) And I have have one guy on my feed who I think was like the second or third person to finish it, or maybe it was the first, or... But, you know, and I'd see it popping. So there were a series of achievements for each character to play 2,000 matches. I think there's something like 8 or 12 characters in the game. So you're talking thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of matches. And so these people weren't doing it in a skill way. You know, you sit there, you hit the A button, you restart the match, and you oh, really? oh. about a minute and a half. Yeah, so it, it was like most grindy achievements. You yeah. play it legit for a little while, and you're just never honestly going to play 2,000 matches per character. You know, maybe the thinking when they release that is there's one free character a month, and it's going to rotate. So maybe you'll play matches with 2000 really yeah it's just you're not going to do it so they they change the achievement requirement to 200 which is significant this isn't we dropped 200 off and made it 1800 they dropped it 90 percent right down mm-hmm. to 200 um and of course you know the the couple people who finished it already are upset and i don't blame, blame them necessarily um but this is more realistic and it will make the game more, uh, you know, these things more achievable for people. And there were several people in the thread saying, you know, I avoided this game yeah, because I saw uh, a 2000 game. I was just about to say exactly the same thing. I avoided it yeah. because I looked at those achievements. And I thought, well, there's no way I'm ever going to do that. Now I got this game free. I think you did as well, Michelle, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. I got so the um, have you started it yet? No, I, I, I keep actually trying to give my code away. I'm not going to play it. I don't oh, really okay. have much intention. Now it becomes, and, especially if there's no skill in this, I can actually, hit start and quit out 200 times and, and get a reasonable achievement for that. Now it's something that... And this sounds terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like something I could do for a bit Honestly, of easy GTA C score. I thought the same way. I'm like, I'll just get to 199 games and stop. And then I'll pop them Yeah, and then you got them saved them up. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, people went kind of crazy because it changed an achievement yeah. requirement in a very massive way. But... What got lost in that is this is good. They were able to yeah. make an achievement, go, hey, it's ridiculous. We kind of overestimated what people would do. Because obviously our beta testers are all crazy about Killer Instinct and they're going to play 2,000 matches. 
so we're able to par this down, make it more reasonable for gamers, and not really change the spirit of the achievement, which is play the game a bunch. Uh, but yeah, people got pretty upset, and again, understandably so, but I, I, I'm curious now how much more we will see this, because it happened, it's successful, the game, you know, the next time you loaded it up, if you had hit the standard you needed, so it wasn't that you had to start over. It oh, just, right, if you okay. hit standard, it, it Yeah, I mean, the the, this is great. I am... Um... Anyone that's not got these achievements yet is going to be pleased. Anyone that right. has already got them is going to be disappointed. I mean, oh, it's, it's disappointed is an understatement. I'm reading some comments <laughs> okay, right now. Yeah. Like, there's a comment on this Bleak page where this this gamer, and I'm not going to name them by name because I'm kind of ashamed, is hopes that they go crash and burn and go bankrupt and that this company owes him something. And <laughs> what? What? Well, and... You look at the game came out with launch at launch, right? So November twenty second. The game's been out about six weeks now, and I think it only had twelve completions, right? Because yeah, well, I'm just looking at one of these one of these character um, two hundred match wins, and it's quite interesting. If you look at the first winners, there's seven guys that won it um, in the first two weeks, so they got their two thousand right when it was still two thousand. And then on 3rd January, there's three people that all got it within 10 minutes. It's like, yeah. there's just a huge gap. <laughs> people who loaded and up. Like, everyone was goodness. like, oh, I can get it now. I can get it now. Which is interesting. But you feel for those first seven people. Um, well, I, I tell you what, I, feel, I, I would feel more for them if it wasn't something that you could get by just quitting out. That's, you know, if I this was more of a skill-based yeah. achievement. Well, like, they changed the requirement on the Wordament leaderboards. To, like, they reset the leaderboards or something to make it easier to get, and there are lots of languages now. And when Wordament first came out, I had gotten those achievements without switching too much. So, you know, I wasn't upset about it, but I sat there and went, you know, that took some skill to go into English language and finish yeah. first in the hour and do that. Like, that actually took a good deal. Now, I was up at, like, 5 in the morning when I did it, so I modified it a little bit because there were less people in the room. But... You know, I I got that done that way, and now you know anyone can jump in in the next hour and get it done because the leaderboards are changed. But yeah, you know, I didn't go screaming and complaining about. It. There's no skill in this achievement. Yeah. Like yeah, the people, Quite. that's you what don't I mean. Have to yeah. Win 200 ranked matches. I agree with you. You don't have to win 200 ranked matches. You just have to play them. I'm sorry you lost the. That, time. That's the thing is yeah. like some like some but, of these comments are like I wait or I wasted three weeks of my life grinding out all these matches, and I'm like. So you wasted three weeks of your life, and now you're mad because people don't have to now. I I I, I don't know. I just it it gets me upset when this will kill the ratios. Yes, it will. To be fair, so TAs have <laughs> TAs have more reason than non TAs to be upset about this. The gamer score hasn't changed, but the TA has plummeted. Sure, and but TAs also like we do have a subsection of people who are obsessed with being first. That matters to them. And look, they changed the requirement that's never going to take first away from you. Yeah, so it sucks that you spent all that time, but the reason you spent that time wasn't necessarily to just get the completion, because the completion will come. You did it because you wanted to be the first or in the top ten and have your name always show up, and that's always going to be the case. So you still got what you wanted, you got the completion, and you're still moving on from the game. Yeah. So everyone should be okay. Anyway, let's move on to happier things, happier times. Like the free <laughs> games you're going to get this month if you're a gold member. Uh, so I kind of think Microsoft stepped up to the bat this year. Um, they're giving away Sleeping Dogs, which by all accounts is an amazing game. Um, my game, one of my games yeah. of the generation. Um, so that, that is free from until January 15th. So uh, by the time you hear this, it may already be gone. So hopefully you got it. And then from the 16th to the end of the month, you can get Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light, uh, which I think that reviewed pretty well. I know it's not a standard quote unquote Tomb Raider game. Yeah. It's, it's a little different. 
It's isometric 3D sort of platform game. I played probably a few levels and then didn't play anymore. But I think yeah, it was well it was well received. Keep in mind too, if you're reading reviews of Lara Croft, um especially from the day the game came out, online co-op wasn't live when the game released. Um they, they patched that later. And ah, the I co-op in the game is actually really solid, you know. Yeah. Um, and you can play it local co-op too. You don't need to play it online with someone. But it, it helps, you know, you get the, the guy you're with to throw a spear so you can jump on the spear and do things, or you can use his shield for combo attacks or combo jumps. Um so if you are reading reviews of it Bear in mind that there is a co-op nature to the game. The game is, I, I think, fun and better and more playable in co-op, but you can do it single player. But a lot of those reviews didn't get the benefit of that because the online functionality wasn't available at launch. So so do keep that in mind when you're reading those reviews. But it's it's a very solid game. I haven't finished it myself, but I've had a good time every time I've jumped yeah. in and played it. Sleeping Dog, so I can't help but think of Pork Buns. Pork really Bun! I got from You the... should have a Pork Bun! <laughs> <laughs> Jay, play the game. You understand? Uh, see, I downloaded the game. It was a beefy file. It took me a long time. It's an amazing game. Uh, I'm just generally not into open world crime games, so I'll ch- since it was free and since I downloaded it, I will probably check it out. Um, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. It's basically, like GTA, but with the fighting mechanic of Batman. Oh, and in fact, you don't even pick up a gun for ages. It's all like um, sort of karate style. Punchy, punchy, kicky, kicky, mm. that sort of well, stuff. Was it Sleeping Dogs that started its life as true crime? Yes, Hong yes. Kong? And then Activision you know, killed yeah. that and killed Publishers, Guitar yeah. Hero. Mm-hmm. And so Square Enix, right? Yeah, they, yes. They picked Correct. it up. Yes, and now yeah. they've published it. So this is a game that had a second life and, and reviewed quite well from what I saw. And, and more so people I know who played it have just been absolutely nuts about it. They, just, they say uh, the DLC isn't very good, but that the core game is quite good. I haven't played the DLC. But yeah, cool game's incredible. I got the full 1K in it, and that is not something I do very often. Wow. Ringing endorsement from Rich. <laughs> yeah, doesn't get better than that. <laughs> it's free! Play free! It. Uh, Alright, the big announcement, at least in my world, that kind of came out this week, is Sega is going to be producing Alien Isolation, uh, which is going to be made by Creative Assembly. And instead of making it like a first-person shooter like Colonial Marines or most other games that have come out under the Alien banner, they're making it first-person survival horror, which, to me, that sounds awesome. It's got me Mm. scared and excited. And I do want to throw out a quick plug. Uh, Kara Ellison wrote an amazing preview for The Guardian um, about Alien Isolation. And she really... The way she wrote about her experience, it it really se- this game really seems to capture what I feel comes out of the Alien franchise. Just that nervousness, the the tension, the fear of this thing stalking you and being unable to do anything about it. Um, it really sounds very exciting. I, I will be following this game. Unfortunately, I'm worried it's going to be one of these games that is so in line with what I think the experience should be that I will be too frightened to play it. <laughs> Yeah, I was just about to say this sounds already sounds like a game I won't be picking up. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I actually will fully admit I didn't read the article. This not an aliens person. I've never watched any of the movies. So I've not played the games or anything. Yeah, I'm really I don't know anything about it. Oh my gosh! Um, so this this 
article, like I looked at it and went, eh, okay, yeah, because not everything is for everybody. Um, but just hearing you guys talk about it, I'm like, it sounds like Dead Space. Yes. I really liked Dead mm-hmm. Space. Um, I it. Yeah, I would. I actually wrote about this. Um, it's in the TA Top 5 that's going to be published on Sunday. So by the time you hear this, you'll have read it. But the, or the USG Ishimura, to me, walking around that, replicated the feeling of walking around the Nostromo in Alien 1. Just absolute fear of what is hiding in the vents, not really knowing what's coming next. Yeah, I would say that's a very good comparison there, Em. So, do yourself a favor and watch the first Alien, um, (laughs) that movie, and then watch Aliens, which is a completely different style of movie. It's much more action-focused, rather than, like, horror but they're both just amazing. And then stop. Yep. Don't watch any other Alien movies. Yeah, don't watch any more. So this is coming out on both platforms, just to say. Uh, 360 and Xbox right. One. Um, Are we sure about that? Because I thought it was yeah, coming exclusively to next gen. Nope. All right. Fair well, enough. unless unless Punky wrote it wrong. Do you, are you telling Punky that she's wrong? Jay? No. I, are you going to be the uh-oh. guy to do that? I just remember <laughs> reading several previews that seemed to state that it was only going to be... Um, next gen. I, Someone's I don't in know. trouble. I could be in trouble. Punky's gonna. <laughs> she's gonna jab me with a grammar stick now. Um, you you are correct. It is going to be PS3, PS4, 360, and one in late 2014. Um, but just as again, Creative Assembly. Do we know anything about Creative Assembly as a developer? Like, I I mean, I'm just um, looking on site, and they've not developed anything previously, and. No shock that Gearbox is no way involved in this next Alien game. Really rings about. I want to say Creative Assembly has done survival horror. Um, I would need to do a little more digging, but I want to say that this game is much more in their wheelhouse. Um, so they're the Total War guys, basically, as their big front. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. That's correct. Sorry. So I was incorrect, but. Um, Watching kind of the video preview and reading some of the preview articles where journalists got to play, it sounds absolutely terrifying. <laughs> okay. Um, like Kara Ellison, her preview said that she was so tense from this experience that she was scared by the the hand dryer in their studios after playing it. So to me, that's like ringing <laughs> endorsement. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. All right, late twenty fourteen. Put that on the calendar. Yes, I will. I will probably. Follow that game. I don't know if I'm going to buy it because I'm terribly scared. Like, to me, the most visceral fear that's ever been created in me is the Alien franchise. Like, the thought of, oh, God, M, watch those movies because I don't want to spoil <laughs> it for you because there's okay. some, there's an absolute, probably, definition of spoiler. Like, there's something that happens in that movie that was a spoiler even to the cast that was in the scene when it happened. The cast did not know it was going to happen except for the one guy to which this thing happened to. And okay. so the reactions of everybody in that scene are completely natural. So to me, that was amazing. Okay. All right. So enough of me nerding out about. <laughs> um, let's move on to some sadder news. Uh, this week, 2K Sports uh, told Joystick that they are officially canceling Major League Baseball 2K. Um, and in the quote they released, they said, We have decided not to renew our MLB 2K series for 2014. We are very proud of the achievements that are made by our MLB 2K team and look forward to their contributions to our future titles, including our NBA 2K, including NBA 2K, our industry's number one rated and number one selling basketball franchise. So this really shouldn't come as much of a surprise. Uh, MLB 2K has been 
kind of a substandard release for the past several years, especially in comparison to uh, MLB The Show, which has been the Sony-exclusive baseball game, which is generally regarded as, as an amazing uh, yearly release. So we may not have a baseball release on Xbox 360 and Xbox One this year. Woe is, is me. surprising to me. Surely the problem you know, is the I... sport rather than the game here. I find it hard to believe we won't see an MLB game. I'm sure that Major League Baseball is going and shopping the license and seeing yeah. who might want to pick it up right now. MLB is, you know, Major League Baseball is the big deal in, in America. You know, people may find it boring or whatnot, but those those games do sell. They, they do move, but it, it's been an inferior product for a long time. I, I just, I feel um, like this is going to be a year where we won't have a title because even if MLB gets somebody to start this game tomorrow. Spring right. training starts in February, and usually right. this game releases around spring training. So there's so quick question from someone that's never played a basketball game: um, Why is MLB? Is it the show? Did you say yeah. why is that um, PlayStation exclusive? Is that a Sony? It's being developed by um, Sony, I believe. Yeah, Sony right. Okay, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Okay, sorry. Yep. Move along. Yeah, and it's it's <laughs> just always been regarded as the superior franchise, and I I haven't played it or MLB 2K14 so, or 2K, so I can't say. But I know the new MLB, the show, is coming out, I think, in April. Hmm. So, yeah, you're right, Jay. Like, for them, someone would have to pick up the license, develop a game, and they'd have to develop all the tools because yeah. they're not going to buy the, the – the engine, obviously, is staying with 2K. They're just not using it or whatever else in the future. So whoever gets this would have to develop an engine, get the game going. So, yeah, I agree. We probably won't see a Major League Baseball game on the 360, which is odd. Which to me, that, that's almost heartening in the fact that they they can whoever does pick it up, they can spend extra time making one for 2015, like right. really get it right and start it off on the right foot. Like I've always been confused by. I I know why they're annual. Obviously, it's money, but I feel like they would do better to release like to do them bi yearly and then release a big DLC content pack on the off years. Yeah. So you know, this is the new the new stats, the new rosters, any new players. And that way, you're only obligated to a sixty dollars purchase every other year with maybe a twenty dollars DLC expansion. But um, you're, you're there. You go putting quality above money. That's not how it's done. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not the way it works. <laughs> oh, uh, as a non-sports game player, though, I can't. Say. Yeah, I, I, I really, I really do not yeah, play sports games play either. But I do love baseball. Baseball, baseball, and hockey are like my two favorite sports. Um, so if a really good baseball game came out, I would probably take a look. Again, I'm sure I'm sure Major League Baseball is shopping the license. It's it's money for them, so they're yeah. not going to let it just sit there with nothing produced on a console that's in you know half of the homes in which consoles are owned. So we'll yeah. see something again. Just it'll probably miss 2014. Yep. Something that will not miss 2014, however, is Titanfall. Better not. Yay! Titanfall. So excited Ooh. for Titanfall. Um, <laughs> so Vince Impella, who is the co-founder of Respawn Entertainment took to Twitter and confirmed the maximum player count for the upcoming uh, game. It's going to be six versus six. Um, so that's the number of live players that can be in. But there's also going to be bots. Um, I, I think later in the week it came out that there can be up to 50 characters, including humans and bots, in a single match. So this was kind of news that wasn't news. I don't know how many people are going to be really... Say, oh, you can only fit in six people per side. I'm not buying this game anymore. 
No. Um, I mean, this uh, it's worth pointing out that this is not a technical limitation. This is a, a balance a, thing. A gameplay yeah. balance um, that they've found is the best way to play it. And I think that makes sense. I mean, if you think a lot of the maps, uh, well, certainly the map I played wasn't huge. And if you've got, obviously, every human player can pilot a Titan. So, you know, you, you've got to limit um, the number of Titans on the map at any one time because they're enormous. <laughs> so... Right. Uh, it makes sense to do it to do it like this, I think. Um, and they've obviously played, tested it to to the nth degree to to come up with the six by six. So uh, yeah, doesn't diminish my my want for it anymore. Um, just to say that you don't actually when you're when you're firing against bots, it's not obvious that they are bots. They 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 could be human players. So um, it's quite satisfying for someone like me who's not a brilliant um, first person shooter player generally um, to be you know taking down quite a few bad guys. Um, that could be bots or they could be humans. You don't know. But when I played it, I certainly, you know, I felt like I was continually doing well um, because the AI, I guess, is not amazing or there was enough bad AI, uh, enemy AI for me to for me to kill. Um, so I always felt I was doing quite well in that game when I played it. And it's also worth noting, uh, I forget which game journalist put this on Twitter. Uh, it might have been like Arthur Geese from Polygon. But he said the six versus six thing that people are still excited about is still the exact same game in the exact same mode that the press have been drooling over and that other developers have been waiting in line to play. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just they finally yeah, confirmed it. Yeah. I think that speaks to the excitement for the game. Like you said, it's it's non-news, but people are just picking picking it up everywhere. And I just people are ready for the next big thing. And this this yes. is getting positioned to be that. And from all the early press, from everyone who's previous – I've not seen a single person that went, eh, it's just another multiplayer shooter. Everyone's talking about how it's, it's – different and it's exciting and it's fresh and so even something simple like this yeah it's six versus six people are just all over it we, we, we just we want to know more and we need to know more I and mean, i'm i'm so excited for this game right i just are you starting to get a bit worried about the about the hype now i just want microsoft to make a bundle make a bundle microsoft it's an exclusive make a bundle <laughs> for me bundle it with the xbox one i want to give you money for it What's the release date? It's March. 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 Which okay. part of me feels like if they were going to bundle it, they would have announced. Yeah, it I was just now. that's exactly what I was just thinking. When wonder when that would be announced? It'll probably be announced in this month, um, at some point. I'm sure they will bundle it. I'm sure they will. Well, that they are counting on this to move more units. You know. Yeah, that is true. So um, it, it's definitely something that they're looking forward to as well. Insofar as bringing it onto, you know, bringing the Xbox One into more homes, it had a successful launch and all that, but. You could find copies of the Xbox One fairly shortly after release here. Mm-hmm. It wasn't overly difficult, so they're they're hoping this is it. But um, you know, we are now we are recording on January 11th. We are exactly two months away from launch on March 11th. Well, here's the thing. Now that I'm thinking about like way, getting in the Wayback Machine, um, Halo 3 was the Titanfall for the 360, really, and they didn't make mm-hmm. a bundle for that when it came out. So well, now because you're still new enough that people are buying units without the need for a bundle. That's true. They know that people are, are sitting here like you who are go, who are saying, I will buy a one for this product. So why are they going to give point. you the product for yeah. free? They're, they're, go get the one and go get the product. That's Crap. That's You're business. Right. <laughs> How dare you be excited for a title? I know. I know. All right. Well, but then we can all play it together and that'll be our achievement challenge that yes. month and our achievement of the week. It's going to be amazing. Yes. All right. A um, couple of quick hit news items to, we'll, we'll just kind of blast through here before we get on to talking about this month's Achievement Challenge. Uh, these servers for FIFA Street are closing. They will be closing on March 28th, so pop your achievements while you can get them. 
Uh, on the site, you will also see a new piece of Halo concept art that was released. So the next version of Halo is coming. That concept art looked really great. I actually made it the uh, screen, uh, my screen background on my work PC because it looked that good. Wow. High praise indeed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Wallace and Gromit has been delisted. Uh, that is one of Telltale's earlier point-and-click adventure titles. Uh, so you can no longer get it. So why would they do this? Quick question. I would say the license probably expired. Ah, okay. Good answer. Um, I would imagine. Um, other news. Slender, The Arrival, is coming to consoles. Uh, this is kind of an, more of an indie horror title, which got a lot of really good word of mouth, really good pub from people who were into uh, horror titles. So keep your eyes open for that. And then Game Informer, uh, their, the cover of their March issue, or no, February issue, is Evolve, a new game out of Turtle Rock Studios, who were the developers behind Left 4 Dead. So it sounds really cool. Make sure you uh, check out that story. We have kind of a teaser for it on our page that basically says, hey, go to Game Informer, because they have all this exclusive info, um, which is really cool. It sounds like it could be a neat game. Uh, So check that out. And hopefully, uh, you know, we'll hear a little more about these games in the coming month and hit them in a little more detail with next month's podcast. Yes. Yes, you will notice the podcast is going to slowly start to get weighed down with more and more and more news. So, yay! Um, <laughs> let's talk about this month's Achievement Challenge, kids. Yes, let's. Um, last month, Chewy on Ice, news, the furriest news hound on staff, um, <laughs> challenged us to get the Motherload Achievement oh boy. in Red Dead Redemption. Now, this requires some coordination. We, all of us, mm. got online with Chewy. To try yes. and to pop this achievement. This achievement requires us to gold medal all advanced co-op missions in Red Dead Redemption. So let, let me just paint a picture for you listeners, and then, <laughs> then we'll, we'll all weigh in here. None of us had played Red yeah, Dead Redemption literally. in years. So when we all met online, we were like, well, let's ease in, play some regular co-op missions. So we played through, I think, two regular-style co-op missions, got through, and we're like, all right, we can do this. Let's, let's fire up an advanced mission. Cue 40 seconds later, and we're all dead. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. That's what happened. We, and we kept trying. We tried for, like, an hour, and we could not get through one advanced co-op mission. We were that rusty. Yeah. There was swearing. <laughs> oh, there was, there was much swearing. The problem is, I was getting shot, <laughs> and I couldn't see um, what was shooting me. You know, it's that lack and, of... Auto assist. Oh, yes. Yeah, you should mention that. And and let me just tell you, if you've never played with Rich, Rich's gaming style is to run headlong into danger (laughs) at all times, whenever possible, which is funny. (laughs) Take him on. We we played for a couple hours, and, you know, we definitely did try to modify what we were doing, so we switched. So when we started, everyone was a gunslinger, you know, medium-range attacker. Um, and then, you know, we had a couple people switch to Marksman, and we were able to last a little longer. Um, Chewie had played through the missions more recently, or just was more familiar. So he was telling us, like, oh, guys, you got real bad luck here. This is probably the worst mission you could have possibly drawn to do first. Um, and there was one mission we did try a couple times, because we felt like we were kind of getting close. And, you know, we made it five minutes until we died that time. But we had a lot of fun. I think that was the most important thing. Yes. We got in there. We tried the challenge. We had a good time. Uh, Jay and Rich both popped achievements. Yes, I popped oh, yeah. four achievements. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the big thing between um, standard um, difficulty levels and advanced difficulty levels is you don't have the auto-aim, which, although you right. don't really think about it when you're playing, it makes such a massive difference. when oh, you, yeah. you You come to rely on it so much. Um, 
you know, it sort of snaps snaps to your enemies when you're close to them and you and you and you hit the right. left trigger. So um, that made a big difference. Like I found myself sort of with my my reticule sort of wandering around, just yes. sort of <laughs> gradually getting closer and closer to the enemy's head before getting before I got shot. And, and <laughs> I, like... I eventually switched classes over to the sniper character and then basically just found a spot, sat down, zoomed in, and tried to just see people. And I still yeah. could not see where people were shooting me from. It right. was nuts. Right, it's not just the auto-aim helping you insofar as you get a kill easier, but it's it's seeing people. You know, yeah. Whatever level we were on, yeah. it's nighttime. So it's it the people are indistinguishable from the backgrounds in a good way. You know, that's, it, that's the way it should be. When you zoom in, you can see them. But I, I didn't know where to look, yeah. you know, because I'm getting shot from everybody, everywhere. Um, but we tried. We tried. We, we failed. Ourselves that much. We actually did get on there and we tried. Yeah. We gave it an it honest good, try. Good, we didn't. It was it. a good um, suggestion, though, yes. and we we had fun playing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which brings us to our achievement challenge for this month. Um, now, here's the thing: when we put out the call for achievement challenges, um, I, I tried to give a little bit of advice on here are things we look for in a good achievement challenge. And it was, if you listen to the podcast or if you read, um, you tend to know what we look for. <laughs> um, we look for things that. Um, are on our cards. So we look for stuff from games that we own. Uh, so that's the first thing. So a lot of people will challenge us for games we don't own, and we're probably not going to pick those. Um, we look for challenges that are realistically achievable in a month's time. So we're probably not going to grind multiplayer levels to max out multiplayer, and we're probably not going to blast through entire campaigns on the hardest difficulty level. We're, we're probably just not going to do that. And then most importantly, the challenges should be somewhat fun which is hard to quantify but we're probably not going to spend five to ten hours hunting down collectibles in a game that we haven't played in two years right and also keep in mind what we talk about right so don't challenge rich to something in elder scrolls skyrim that probably won't be fun for him yes don't challenge me to do things in like devil may cry and bayonetta because i i don't particularly enjoy those games and i'm not very good at them um that being said the community really vociferously demanded that the three of us go for Little Rocket Man. Rocket Man! So, this is in the orange box, which is actually, uh, will have us playing Half Life um, 2, I think, Episode 2? It's Episode it, 2, yeah. Episode 2. And Little Rocket Man means we need to carry. The little garden gnome that you discover in the communications shack at the beginning of the game, you have to carry it with you through the entire game and then put it in the hatch of the rocket at the end of the game. I know personally I'm going to try and complete and finish out Mark the Ninja. And once that's done, I'm going to pop the orange box back in. I'm really going to give this a go. Um, what, what are you guys' thoughts and strategies here? I know somebody in the comment thread said... You could do this on easy difficulty with cheats turned on or something. So I might want to investigate that too. That's Rich's strategy. Oh, that's my strategy straight away. That's appealing to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I need to buy this again. I've just realized. So um, I've just placed a bid. I am now the winning or the leading bidder on eBay for a copy of the Orange Box. What's it going to run you? It's currently at two pounds nineteen pence. (laughs) Well, that's not bad. That's like what? Which is about three bucks. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Plus postage. Which is going to be four bucks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, Em, what are your thoughts here? Any strategy ideas? Um, are you going to get L to do it for you? No, it's the other way around, if anything. Um, <laughs> 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 um, 
No, actually, I'm kind of excited for the challenge. Um, also because I um, so I've played Orange Box. I haven't earned anything in it in, since 2011 when I did some Team Fortress sessions. Um, and just as an aside, actually, we were talking beforehand. Um, one of the other people had suggested we do um, do a challenge for what was it within the last three months? Oh yeah, like, well, so, go ahead and keep yeah. talking. I'll look up who so, challenges. With someone that, so who challenges. So Jay will give you your credit, but um, someone challenges us to do uh, to pick up a game we haven't popped an achievement in in the last three months, and you know, so get through your backlog. Well, I haven't played the game since May of two thousand eleven. Um, Jay hasn't played it since I think May of two thousand nine, and Rich hasn't played it since. Well, I win this. November 2007. Yeah, so uh, this was a good choice for that, too, because, um, I mean, pretty much anything you're going to suggest is having us going into our backlogs. Um, so anyways, um, I'm excited about this because I had played this game. This was uh, the Orange Box, I think, was the second or third retail game I got for the for the Xbox, it, it, not not including the ones that came packed in. But I think I got Bioshock, I got Beautiful Katamari, and then I got the Orange Box. So this is one of my earlier ventures. And if you look at my achievement list, I've played Portal, I've played um, Half-Life, the core game, I've played uh, Team Fortress 2. I have played Episode 1 and Episode 2, but I played them on my brother's tag. So this actually, I'm excited to have an opportunity to go back and get those games on my tag finally, so that they can be there and, and be seen as played. So I'm looking forward to going back through it again and maybe hitting up some other achievements. And I'm going to try to go through it without using invisibility, but if I need to, I'm willing to do what I have to do. All right, so we, we've got a challenge ahead of us. Um, let's go ahead and, and move on from challenges into uh, our Game of the Month discussion. So we're going to make this a discussion about The Walking Dead Season 2, uh, Episode 1, which uh, I was very fortunate. I got to play this, uh, review it for the site. It, it's pretty good. Um, I thought it had a couple of issues. Um, before we really get into it, I just want to tell everyone we are going to spoil this. There will be spoilers in here. So, Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 1. You've officially been warned. Spoilers coming. Um, so I liked the game. Um, I thought it was really interesting being able to control Clementine, who's very, very different from being able to control Lee, and the fact that she can't really defend herself very well. It's like she's an opportunistic person. Um, she does kill some zombies, but it's like they need to be like severely incapacitated zombies. And then what I thought was interesting is just, to me, there was so much more emotion in forcing this little girl to kill a zombie because you had to repeatedly just bludgeon a zombie to death. Can we just quickly rewind to um, importing a save? Because I couldn't get mine to work. Really? I had no problems with mine. That's really interesting. Yeah, Yeah, so I I tried and it said I could not find a save file. So I I went on, I just checked my hard drive because I've got two 360s plugged in um, at any one time, so I just went back onto the hard drive just to check that my season one save was still there, and it's both on my hard drive and in the cloud. So it was, I don't know whether that had anything to do with it, but um, so then I thought, well, maybe there was an update which changed the save file to make it impossible. So I reloaded Walking Dead season one, and yes, there was an update which I had to install, and then I thought, all right, well, that will clearly fix it. Um, went back to season two, and it still couldn't find my save from season one so i had to choose and it was really annoying because you know how much thought and effort and emotion that you invest into those season one choices um and i had to click on randomly generate me some stuff which i which really you know that that put me off to on a bad start because 
I didn't know what else I could do. I did Google it and I couldn't find any other solutions. So that was a yeah. bit of a downer for me. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't heard of anyone else having that issue. Oh, it's just me. On, <laughs> yeah, on the, on the flip side, I'm kind of wondering if it affected anything beyond the previously on segment where it basically just shows you flashes of uh, last season. Yeah, um, to be honest, I was fortunate enough in the stuff that I saw on that um, recap was all things that I did. So I don't know whether that was just luck or... So um, how or, how spoilery are we allowing ourselves to get here? We're going full total spoiler. Spoiler. Full, full spoiler. spoiler. I there was one scene because I'm wondering if it might affect something like this. So there's one scene in uh, in uh, season two. Uh, at the end of episode one, you you kind of get a last chance to say something to Clementine. You know, mm-hmm. Clementine, one more thing. And um, I picked keep your hair short, right? And there's right. there is a scene in season two where when she's talking about Lee, she says he told me to keep my hair short. Oh, I didn't get that. See, okay. I, I got that, um, but I don't remember. I do not remember that conversation choice. Huh? Interesting, interesting. So it's definitely adaptable in some way. If, if you're you didn't get that, and I I definitely did because I. But I also played episode one, you know, a week ago, two weeks ago. So it's very fresh in my head right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, to, to me, the most more than anything else, there were two things that really kind of impacted me. The one was the scene with the dog because yeah, I, I totally agree love with my dog. My dog is like so important to me. And when that dog attacks her and then you fight yeah. it off and then you have to make the decision whether to let it suffer or kill it. And I was like, oh, I got to put this dog out of its misery. This dog is, you know, suffering. And then I got to the end and realized that I was only like I was a severe minority of people who killed that dog. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. No, when I played it no. today, you were a severe majority. Really, yeah, like ninety percent. It Maybe it's because I played, I played it so it early. I wonder how that's. A, yeah. Oh man, that's because really cool. Yeah. One of the things I was surprised at actually um, at the end when they give you your stat screen is for all the choices, there's one overwhelming favorite. And I don't know if that's a writing thing, like maybe the choices aren't as ambiguous as they were the first go-around, or if it's time, because I played Walking Dead 1 so late, so maybe people have replayed it to see both choices, so it sort of moderated mm. uh, how extreme the choices were. There was one choice, um, that uh, the choice for who you save at the end, yeah. where um, I saved Uncle Pete. Oh, really? And- I saved the kid. Oh, yeah, no. so did I. I, you know, I didn't save him even by choice. I just hit right, and that's who yeah. I saw. So I, it wasn't like or or left. I think he was on the left side. So it wasn't that I was actively. It was the same way uh, in the first episode that I saved. Um, or I tried to save the other guy, but not Ducky, because mm. I just I. Oh I, wow. I I wasn't thinking. I wasn't even actively making a choice. I just hit the button and hit the first prompt I got. Um. So, but that choice, I think, seventy percent of all people had saved Pete. But every other choice was like eighty-five or better. Like it's it's very much on one yeah, side. Yeah, and were you on the majority in? in I was those. the majority for all the choices because uh, yeah. I was in the minority for three of mine. See, I don't I don't really? remember yeah. where I was, yeah. which I found interesting. I, I mean, I, I know what decisions I made, but I don't remember the percentage. That, I didn't kill. Oh, the dog. you didn't kill the dog. You just no. let it suffer. No, I did. Yeah, well, I well, why did it turn on me after I was playing frisbee? Because it wanted the hungry. food. It was hungry. Wow. I mean, okay. but I think that Walking Dead is a series. <laughs> I don't have a dog. My dog is, my dog is literally <laughs> taking a nap on the couch behind me right now, and he's so cute. And I, 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 I put my feelings no, of my dog. I was angry. I was, but I actually know, thought, right, was... this is going to be the companion. When we, when, we, yeah. when we met the dog, and we befriended the dog, and we did all the cool stuff with the dog, and played with the dog, and made the dog happy, I thought, right, that's cool. We've lost Lee, but we now have a canine companion 
that is going to, you know, be with us for at least an episode. We're going to, you know, he's going to help me out of a few scrapes and it's going to be cool and I'm going to save him. And then the next thing I know, <laughs> that has just turned on its head completely. Yeah. But I thought that that was amazing. Yeah, because I thought the same thing. Like, oh, false sense of security. And, and that's what it's supposed to do. Keep you on your toes. No one's safe. No one's actually going to protect you. And um, you look at the house that you wind up in, mm. right? And, and the group of people there. And definitely, if you were to just show me images of the characters... The people who defend Clementine being there are not the people I would assume. And the people right. who are very anti-Clementine being there are not the people I yeah, would assume. like the pregnant um, yeah. lady. Right. Yeah. Someone who's about to have a kid, I would think, would be the first yeah, one that exactly, sees yeah. you know, a child have empathy. and wants to yeah. keep them close. Yeah. What do you think – I, I want to get what you guys think. What do you think the um, quote-unquote specialness is with that guy's daughter? When he tells Clementine to stay away from her, well, the uh, like I, my natural um, my natural decision making process is always to be as nice as uh, yeah. I always use the nice option generally on on the things she said, and she was becoming quite annoying in that first conversation um, that I had with her. Yeah. Did I, I presume you you met her and she gave yeah. you the yeah. uh, I can't remember what it was she gives you. Uh, is it the iodine? She gives or, you the peroxide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah to, to treat your treat your wound with. Um, but yeah, she was already becoming annoying after about. A minute of talking to her but i was still being nice to her but she's just i think she's just a bit simple isn't she i think she's just yeah that was the impression i got she didn't have a problem but she's been totally shielded from everything yeah so she just she doesn't she's just very innocent she's like um, gullible and... yeah because <clears throat> yeah. i mean i was i was feeling the same way which is like okay pinky swear pinky mm. swear is forever and we're gonna be friends like all right yeah and in the world that you're in no one's friends with anybody you can't trust right. anyone and i think that's her her problem is just that she she really doesn't know what happened in the world out there. Yeah. Do you think there was something else, Jay? Um, I mean, I, I work with children, so and, and I see children of all 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 ranges and sizes and, and capabilities. And I was kind of sitting there thinking, I'm like, is she possibly like borderline autistic, or is she like is she just simple? Is she shielded? Um, does she not really know what's going on around her? The way I her dad like... spoke about her suggested it was a medical yeah. condition rather than right. a... Which um... got me thinking about that. Like, I yeah. wonder how this is going to... Imp- Almost more than anything else, I wonder how that little nugget is going to impact this season going forward. Because mm. I feel like they put in a peer to Clementine to kind of show how Clementine is this unique child that's been through this stuff. And then showing this other child who clearly is not. And I, I feel yeah. like there's going to be some sort of a duality there. So to me, that's a really interesting kind of story. beat. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to more character development for Clementine actually, because um, you know, once again, I came to walking dead season one very late. I played it a full year after everyone had already, um, you know, been over it and all that. And a lot of people, you know, Clementine, was the character of the year in the VGAs last year, whatever it was. And like, I played it. I'm like, okay, she was interesting and, and it's a well-written, but she didn't like, as a character, I definitely was more favorable toward Leroy yeah, than I, agree I was to her. Well. He was the hero and he was the one that sacrificed everything and all this other stuff. And well, I don't, depending on how you guys played the last episode, when I played it, I, no one came with me. Um, when you go back into Crawford, yeah. I went by myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have to saw my own arm. I mean, he was the, the character that should have gotten the consideration in my mind. Not so much Clementine, because Lee really did as much as he could to shield her. 
um, you know, and things like she learned how to shoot and all that. You have to because you're surviving. Now we're, I think we're really seeing her as a character, right, and, and how she's handling the world. And I agree with you, Jay. I think the other character is really serving as a foil to show, like, the strength and the depth of character for Clementine and how she handles the world that she's in. Like you said, she doesn't, you know, she's not very confident fighting the zombies, but she can do it. She's very resourceful. Yeah. yeah. My, my kind of counter to that is Clementine's character. Like in the first season, Lee was kind of what you made of him. You could make Lee caring. You can make him a jerk, but Clementine was the constant. Like she was the focus of Lee's world was making sure this little girl was going to be okay. And there was an emotional investment there. So to me, yeah, her character might not have been very well defined, but as a, an object of emotional investment, it was, you couldn't have gotten higher than this little girl who obviously is beginning to care about you because she doesn't have anyone else to care about. I thought that was really interesting. Um, which makes this season so much more intriguing to see how she goes from being this sweet, caring girl to a girl that the world has literally crashed down on her. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's why the dog was such a great swerve. Yeah. It was setting up that same relationship. The dog would have to rely on her and count on her for food. And so we we were beginning to see that dynamic again. And then they totally just were like, "Eh, no, not going that way. (laughs) I fooled you. (laughs) Did you think they introduced um, an awful lot of characters for the first, I mean, a lot of them ended up dead, but, um, I think they, it, was, it did seem like a constant stream of new people. I think they did, Rich, and I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like they showed off, they introduced a bunch of characters and told you nothing about any of them. Like yeah, I feel like true. by the yeah. end of the first episode of the first season, you started to get a sense of who these characters were and like a little more dimension to them. Whereas in yes. this episode, it's like, here's these characters. You know nothing well, about them right now. Well, they intentionally introduced questions, like the pregnant yeah. woman. I hope it's his. Mm. hope it's whose. Right. And, and who are the options? And, and you know, like... There's there's all this stuff and that they they intentionally introduce questions that well it's to make you come back for season two but that's how they're getting you invested in or for episode two but that's how they're getting you into the invest in the characters like um the ending of episode one uh where you know it looks like Clementine had just opened a door or something like that and she's like I didn't think you were alive or I thought you were dead yeah yeah that's and, right I thought you were yeah. dead yeah who, who awesome. which. I- yeah, exactly. Who Which exactly person is she referring to? Because we know, obviously, the people she was with before. So, you know, is it the, the woman who took the, the van, right, the RV, in the first episode? Is, right. You know, is it is it Omir or um, the names are slipping my Omid, mind? Omid, yeah. Omid, what was or yeah. the Krista. woman he was with, Krista, yeah. Krista, like, Krista, yeah. And, and then Krista was pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. And then 16 months later, well, she's not, there's no baby. Yeah. So, like, what are the stories there and and all that so um that yeah and that first actually that first scene with omid in the um in the bathroom um at the at the um petrol station was just oh, yeah i just sort of straight away it was like wow it's walking dead oh <laughs> it was just so dramatic and so like oh no but and when she, and when krista just walked in and just gunned that girl down straight away it was like wow i have missed this game it, it, it has been a long yeah. time since i played it and it, it really did Pull me straight it's, it's, back in. Like I said world. in the review, by the time that opening title smash hits the screen, you, you got to be prepared for anything, because well, that yeah. the dog was the last smack in the face. Because again, beginning to get comfortable and thinking, okay, they've introduced this, and then nope, not that either. I'm like, okay, I can't. There are no storytelling tropes that are just going to be followed neatly here, and I've got to let that go. 
and just be prepared for whatever yeah. they're throwing at me. I did have some technical issues. Yeah, I had a couple of technical I mean, issues. Yes. Too. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the frame rate seems to dip to sort of one frame a second in a couple of in a couple of scenes. I don't really understand why they have those issues. Yeah, I had some uh, graphical stutters and, and hiccups, and you know, loading screens are pretty frequent, and and occasionally, you know, the the button prompts were a little hard to yeah decipher. there was a few scenes that i had to redo a few times because i wasn't sure what i was supposed to be pressing but on the flip side it wasn't direction. like um, super the... frustrating like you, you got through it and, and i feel like the one yeah. thing they did is it they just didn't... seems a shame though because it's yeah. so well written that it does pull you out a bit and the, the one thing I, I did appreciate is they didn't include any type of um sequences that had you really fighting the game's engine like the sniping sequences that were in the first season you didn't have any of those you didn't have any really action focused scenes it was like i feel like this episode did a really good job of you know focusing on the strengths of that game engine but i i again yet it's still just episode one you didn't do a sniping thing in every episode of of the first season that that's probably still coming and i thought the action sequences were longer in this one like at the beginning when the when you're still with krista and uh those guys attack you and there's a a fairly Uh, lengthy sequence where you're kicking him away you're biting his hand you're running away from zombies And if you get any of those bits wrong, you have to go back and right. So um, they did actually have checkpoints in the middle at a couple points. So it's, it's yeah. not like you have to do big, huge parts of it. Um, and that's also not a knock on the game. It's trying to get you more engaged, keep you on your toes. You know, you're not just watching. Um, but I definitely saw the the graphical stuttering quite a bit, and especially around when achievements mm. popped, it was it yes. was quite bad. Yeah, uh, which those are always at like the end of yeah. um, scenes, right? Um, mm. Which I think is a strength of the series is that Telltale just makes all of those achievements progression related, so you don't have to. You can literally just enjoy the story and the experience yeah, of the game, the game rather than having yeah. to hunt for collectibles and things like that. Well, that that becomes a whole separate discussion. Mm. I agree in this context, but there there are people where that's what they enjoy about the game is getting to explore the world. And you know, I was thinking about that actually when I was going through the house getting the medical supplies. Yeah, like, I, there, I didn't. I didn't actually. Right. I, yeah, me neither. I was I, scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I I went everywhere in the house that I could and you know I'm thinking like this is a good opportunity as for me taking my time as I'm playing Clementine to throw in a little easter egg or something that you know maybe will be valuable later that I don't need. Like sometimes the yeah. game is too on a rail. Like you you should be yeah. able to yeah, explore I mean, a little outside of the bounds. And and I think that's where probably the only major criticism of the game comes from is it's really it, it holds your hand through the whole thing there's no sense of exploration and trying to find the deeper thing like the most you can do is like do you decide to listen at the kitchen door to their whole conversation or do you just go into the house and i couldn't even listen at the kitchen door because i couldn't figure out what the button prompt wanted me to do so you know i, I didn't figure that out later till i was stitching myself so, oh you have to hold the button and then press something and let's talk about that i i use the phrase turl toe-curling uncomfortableness (laughs) in regards to that scene, which I I didn't spoil it in the review because I didn't want to do that, obviously. But that whole first aid sequence, I was just almost shivering (laughs) through that. It's the audio as much as the visual, isn't it? The the sound of the needle. And and her just being in extreme pain and forcing herself to do this. Uh. But did you, when you guys played, and again... I played season one two weeks ago, so I just played the scene where Lee sawed his arm off. Yeah, or yeah, where he saws the leg off the guy. Right. Yeah. So I, I, it's just 
okay, like, yeah, it's cringeworthy, but it was, to me, it was mirroring, look at how similar her experiences are now that she's taken the lead role. She's the, the, the main character and, and who we're going to be following. So he had to do this, so now here we are with poor Clementine having to do something that's not quite as extreme, but still very painful and all that sort of thing. See, you I know. had enough time spaced out between playing season one and this one that it was still, it was like, I said that seeing the flashback to season one was like ripping fresh, a bandaid yeah. off and it, it hurt. Yeah, totally. Actually, I in fact there's the scene where she talks about Lee, uh, or you get you have the option yes. to talk about Lee, like um, to to one of the guys, and even her just mentioning Lee and and talking about him, I was like, oh man, that made me quite emotional just listening right. to her talk about it all again. Well, they was... also give you a decision. Um... At the beginning, when you have to, to light the campfire, you know, do you light mm-hmm. the campfire with the wood? Do you light the campfire with the drawing of her parents? Oh, yeah. Or do you... why would you use any of those personal things though? I don't. Moving on, I didn't. I picked the log, but like you oh, know, I you're see. leaving that oh, behind. Okay. You know, that was another life, and and we've moved to the next thing, right? So it's how you choose to view Clementine as a character. What would she do to survive? Mm. Use the log. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I use the log too, but uh, also, you know, in another way of thinking, right? That log is a big, heavy thing. If a zombie comes up and attacks you, you can, you know, bludgeon it to death. You can't bludgeon them to death with a picture. No. So yeah, um, I gave the the game four and a half stars, um, which basically I, I think the consensus that that or not the consensus, but the, the conclusion I reached is. If you enjoyed season one, you should definitely play this. Definitely. Um, if you were one of the people who just doesn't get the appeal, you should not play it. But in general, I, I think these games are good enough that most everybody should play them. Um, so that's why I kind of said four and a half stars uh, instead of giving it a five or a four. Um, what are you guys' thoughts there? What would what would your personal evaluation be? Uh, yeah, I'd probably I'd give it probably four. Are you? It's difficult to give these um, individual episodes a score on their own. I, I see it as a, a whole series really. And I, I'd, yeah. I'd want to give it a mark at the end of that series to see the full emotional impact. But um, I bought the season pass today off the back of season of episode one. So um, I can't wait. I can't wait for the next episode. And yeah, I mean, it is, it does feel quite personal because the game has flaws and it can't be denied. So to give it five right. um, would seem probably a bit over generous. And there were bits that, that did frustrate me the the save, not loading and uh, a couple of technical glitches put me off a bit, a little bit, but I mean, the story is as good as ever. Um, yeah. So yeah, four and a half sounds fair to me. I, I was going to say, Rich, you, you experienced a few more technical glitches than I did. Yeah. So if I would have had those same glitches, I probably would have knocked it down to a four instead of a four and a half. Yeah. I think that's probably fair. Yeah. Especially with the save, not importing. Cause that's a big part of it. Is Yeah, it is. I re- it really annoyed me. I spent a good, uh, you know, probably three quarters of an hour trying to get that one to work. It was like very frustrating. Yeah, and I I agree actually. I'm when I as you know on TA every game you play on your tag you can give a star rating to. I don't put anything in the star rating until I've finished a substantial portion of the game or I've played a substantial portion of the game. I finished this today and I'm not putting a star rating down because I don't think you can fairly look at the game. I you didn't have a choice obviously, Jay. You're reviewing it for the site. And you got a code. And you have to assign it a value because that's part of what we do when we're getting that okay from the developer to review something. Um, but from a personal point of view, I just, I, I can't fairly comment on the game because this game's strength is its story. Whether it's getting one star or five stars is all about how does this story play out and if it's still strong that way. Technically, the game hasn't changed much, so that's going to be fine throughout. So I, I don't I don't feel like I can throw a value onto it until it's done. That said, I'm 
interested in what's happening next. It presented enough queries about things where I'm like, okay, so where are we headed with this? What's what's going to be the next part of the puzzle? Um, so in that way, it was very successful, but I'm not really ready to give it a review yet. Okay. All right. So there you go. If you have not, if you enjoyed season one and have not played season two, go do that. Um, yeah. Although if you have not played season two and enjoyed season one, you're probably not listening because we spoil, <laughs> we spoil <laughs> earlier to the crap out of that. Um, so yeah, as soon as we get a release date for, uh, episode two, that, that'll definitely be hitting the front page and, and hopefully, um, Telltale has been a really great partner with TA and getting us review copies. Um, so hopefully that trend continues. I, I was very pleased. Telltale actually followed me on Twitter after I wrote their review. Oh, so I was like, nice. hey, yay. Um, and it wasn't just because it was a good review, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, let's look ahead to, uh, what we can expect to come out, um, end of this month, beginning of next month. Uh, January 28th, we have Dragon Ball Z Battle of Z, uh, which I make fun of way too much because of the Zs. Um, Recoil Liberator comes out January 29th. Uh, Fable Anniversary finally went gold. Uh, so it's coming out February 4th. Uh, we have a story on the site so you can find out uh, pre-order, uh, retailer exclusive pre-order bonuses. And then there's also bonus content for buying it in the first run. So uh, I will probably be buying this. I keep weighing back and forth whether or not to pre-order but, but I, I'm just fighting the inevitable. I'm going to buy that game. Um, Lightning Returns Final Fantasy XIII coming February 11th. Far Cry Wild Expectations. Uh, that news broke this week. Um, that's the anthology of Far Cry goodness. It's going to be coming February 14th. And they're also releasing Far Cry Classics uh, to Xbox Live Arcade. So if you've already got um, Far Cry 2, Far Cry 3, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, uh, you can pick up uh, Far Cry Classics. Uh, on the Xbox Live Arcade. Um, pricing um, is £8 for Europe. Um, we don't have North American pricing for that yet, but that is coming on February 12th, um, which I think is the European release date. So keep your eyes peeled on the site. We'll probably be updating that as soon as we have more regional pricing and dates there. But just know that if you already own Far Cry 2, Far Cry 3, and Blood Dragon and just one classic, you will be able to buy that separately. Uh, and then Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare coming February 18th. Um, that's Xbox One, isn't it? Xbox One and is that, 360. That's yes. the non-tower um, defense. That is correct. That's the third-person shooter one. Yeah, weird. Weird. It, I need to know more about that before I order it. But is that um, is that a download? I presume that's a download. I don't know. I think it might be retail. It, it might be full wow. retail. Um, because, Interesting. Uh, gosh, I don't know. We have the story on the front page. I'm clicking on it right now. Um, yeah, it's it, it, we don't know if it's download only or if it's going to be a retail release, but it will be available for both the 1 and the 360 um, on February 18th February for North 18th. America and February 20th for Europe. Yeah, we have this murky world we're living in now where none of this stuff is clear because we have the full 1,000s on the 1, so everything yep. sort of yep. operates like for retail, so it's digital or not. <sighs> it's got 24-player multiplayer. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty intense. Which makes it twice as good as Titanfall. Who, need, who needs Titanfall? <laughs> twice as good. <laughs> I guess that's the, one of the first awesome. games where you can really take advantage of those uh, big parties, right? You're supposed to be able to do much larger parties on the one if you could figure out how to get them to go. So Yeah, uh, and there were rumors <laughs> floating around that um, there's going to be a, a pretty substantial one update coming. So yes. keep your eyes peeled on the front page for yes. us to get full details on that because we will obviously bring that to you as quickly as possible. I think it's fair to say that there's not a great deal coming out in the next So you're phase. saying there's nothing you'll buy from this list, uh, Rich? I might get Plants vs. Zombies. I've just pre-ordered um, Tomb Raider, um, but that's not out till 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, there's not a lot there. It's going to be a time to clear the backlog, I think. Hmm. Oh, there you go. I think I might wind up in Jay's boat. I might wind up with Fable Anniversary. I I love the original Fable. Yeah. One of the very few games I've played on the original Xbox. When it comes to the original Xbox, there are like three, technically four games, maybe five games that really stood out (laughs) for me. They were um, Halo 1 and 2, obviously. Um, Knights of the Old Republic. Gosh, give Bioware, give me more of that. Um, Fable, and then I also enjoyed Knights of the Old Republic too, although it had a boatload of problems. So that that's kind of like my holy holy quintilogy of Xbox One original <laughs> games. Yeah, nice. I mean, Not often we have I've always one. said too, with the Xbox original, I really only played two games on it, like from start to finish: uh, Fable Anniversary and Psychonauts. Yeah, so I never played Psychonauts. Um, Psychonauts was awesome. It came out on the PlayStation 2 also, I want to say. But it was just a great, 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 great game. You know, it's double fine, so it's Tim Schafer and his sense of humor and way of doing things. But great character, great platform. The collectibles got a little frustrating, but I I did all those collectibles in that game in the day before achievements. Like, sat down and got every uh, image that was floating around. Just great, great, great game. But yeah, Fable Anniversary is... uh, be cool to see it all updated, and and the achievement list is awesome. I don't know if you take oh, the time to read it, but it's it's I'm so much so fun looking. I'm so looking for popping achievement. Oh, gosh, I should just pre-order it today because <laughs> I really want it <laughs> right now before before you sign off and tell people not to visit us on MySpace though they can. <laughs> Go ahead. I, we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, so um, let's wrap it up here. Uh, as always, you can follow True Achievements on Twitter at True Achievement. Um, if you're interested in following us individually, I know Rich is RichStone99, I am OSU Blue Jacket, Michelle yep. is on Twitter but doesn't do anything, so, right. Yeah, you can see my my uh, <laughs> TA status updates, it's TA underscore Matrix. Excellent. Um, you can also join our Facebook group and our Google Plus circle. Um, do not look for us on MySpace. We're not on MySpace. Are we on MySpace? Screw it. Screw yeah, it. Yeah. I disavow it. Yeah, so we're not there. We were just not um, there. <laughs> if you like what you are hearing, uh, please subscribe to us in iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. I do want to give a shout-out to two reviewers. Um, I know when I posted the, the podcast story last month, I said, you know, please write us a review and use the word fungible in it. And so iTunes user Ed <laughs> Ampersand M, so Ed and M, wrote us a review that then says, and I quote, and keep in mind that while your money is still fungible, even as it is asymptomatically approaches, even as it asymptomatically approaches zero, your time once spent can no longer be traded for goods or services. And also, Finder Keeper, who is also on the site, uh, wrote a review and said, uh, "In it, the volunteers of True Achievements are to be commended for the consistency and fungibility of their dedication and effort. If one goes down <laughs> sick and another another steps in." And the site continues to, without missing a beat. So thank you, uh, Ed and M and Finder Keeper, for taking me to task and putting that in there. Um, I think we right now we have four and a half stars on iTunes, which is great. So please. Same continue. as Walking Dead. Yes! The True Shooters <laughs> podcast, as good as The Walking Dead season two. <laughs> Some technical issues, but a great oh, story. Yeah. All right. So um, I believe that's, that's about it. So... On behalf of True Achievement, also known as Rich, Matrark, otherwise known as M, I am Oishi Blue Jacket, otherwise known as Jay, wishing you Happy New Year! Happy New Year! And uh, we will see you back here in February. <laughs>